Metaphysics is going to have to be the quote-unquote religion of tomorrow. If it isn't, you're fucked. Totally and absolutely. Ladies taking the kids to the park so they can run themselves to sleep so I don't have to deal with them later on tonight. Beautiful. Always a plus. Just get them running and flipping and jumping until they're tired. My boys will stay up till fucking midnight. If if they're not like completely worn out, they'll stay up all freaking night just talking and trolling each other all night long. It's unbelievable. You got to get them tuckered out. Yeah, seriously. That's like the the best parenting hack ever. Just get them outside running until they can't take it no more. Get home, feed them something heavy, give them some itis, <laughs> and let them fucking crash, yo. Because kid, they don't, they don't. It's hard for them to get like regular adult, normal, sleepy. Like when you're tired as an adult, you just like fuck it, let me just go to bed. They just fight it and fight it and fight it. They won't go to sleep. Shit's magic, bro. Yeah, I, I still have that problem too. Yeah, this shit's crazy. So I came uh, up with a new slang. Uh oh. Well, my girl is uh, you know, I'm tired. I, I tell her, you know, um, I don't say I'm tuckered out. I say, babe, I'm Tucker Carlson. So it hasn't caught on yet. And uh, I'm Tucker she, Carlson. Yeah, I'm Tucker Carlson. That's hilarious. What, what's the matter? You, you sleepy? I'm 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 all I'm all Tucker Carlson. <laughs> She fucking hates him. So I hate that Tucker fucker. So, Tucker fucker. That might catch on. And yeah, <laughs> probably before the, the slang of when you're sleepy, you call it uh, Tucker Carlson. But even as an adult, uh, fighting sleep and referring to myself as being all tuckered out, I, I came to a realization as a, as a giant child in a man body. Um, when I'll be out at the store, this has happened on more than one occasion Right. So it, it's happened. Frequent. It, it's not frequent. It's so, somewhat infrequent, but frequently enough that it's caused me to take notice. So I'll be in a store and people's children will run up to me like they want me to kidnap them. Just small children just running up to me with no fear. And I look I look deranged. I look I look terrifying. Currently, I've turned in the hair horn for a mohawk. Um I'm a very large, girthy man. Uh, I'm not tiny, so there's nothing cute or cuddly. And so I was trying to think, you know, like why, why would why would kids feel so comfortable just to run up to me? And my first thought, it, it's what always tends to be. The first thought was, of course, racism. It's always racism. So my first thought was, oh well, you know, I'm in the hood. Uh, Jesse Lee Peterson said there's a seventy percent chance uh, this child probably doesn't have a father. So it's the father energy. It, it must be the, I got the dad bod, the dad energy. This kid sees a potential dad. And then when I came to my senses and um, subdued the racism with rational thought, I'm like, no, no. The reason why these children aren't frightened and just, they see a peer. They look across the room <laughs> and they don't see a giant scary man. They just see someone that's tuckered out and, and 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 gallivanting about in a manner with with awkward toddler like movements, and they're like, "Oh, he's one of us. He's just a bigger version." But clearly, this is a peer, so they think they're just running up to make a new friend. 
Either that or the, or the mother's using them as bait. I've had that happen before where the kids <laughs> came up and called me daddy. I've right. had that happen. Daddy! I'm like, okay, yeah, this is... I'm hip to this hustle. No. Yeah, yeah. Mom's using it as bait. She's trying to I'm not to get paying you. for the groceries. Yeah, that's it. You follow her up there and her card gets declined. And she's got $400 worth of crab legs sitting up there. <laughs> <laughs> and her card gets declined and she's just like, oh, oh no. Oh, my. Oh, dear me. <laughs> Whatever will I do? Oh, father. <laughs> oh, no. And then you just slide in like the gentleman that all white men are. You're just like, I'll, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Yeah, that's that. Allow, allow me. That's Step aside, sad. grocer. Allow me to pay for this desperate woman's groceries. She has yeah. kids to feed. They call me daddy. No. Yeah, because no, if it's a if it's a black dude, he's just gonna turn on his Snapchat and be like, look at this bitch trying to get <laughs> <laughs> y'all. This bitch think I'm a simp. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, all the brown dudes are hip to it. The white guys, they got that savior complex. You the, know, white the cream, got... cream of mushroom. I gotta, I gotta save the world. Um, cream of I mushroom, might, <laughs> I might get beat up if I don't help. I have to. This is. Yeah. Let me just be cool. Do what I need to do, and then get out of here. Yeah, um, clam chowder guys got the, uh, they got the hero complex. You know, it, it, this, that's what the reason why movies like Dangerous Minds exist. It's always uh, the white person slides in and saves all the Negroes from themselves. It It, it is somewhat of, um, it's a trope. I think it's fair to say that there's enough, there's enough examples that we can say that that's clearly a trope, the white savior. That's legit. I don't yeah. subscribe to all of the wokeisms, but again, I'm looking for, I'm looking for common ground where I can make concessions and say you're right. I'm happy to do so. I, I, I will be a reasonable, rational person. Yes, Michelle Pfeiffer could never go <laughs> as a tiny little docile. If anything, probably one of the biggest problems in the educational system in the hood is that there's too many white women teachers. Delicate, right. brittle-boned, right. um, right. cream of mushroom soup teachers. Well-intentioned, good-hearted good individuals. Not saying anything disparaging about them at all. But just simply not equipped with the skill set to just go in there and masterfully reach every single one of those kids in there. Right. And so when you watch Dangerous Minds, okay, and 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 I couldn't go back and watch it as an adult, but the Coolio song was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, that's the best I'll thing that came it. out of the whole situation. And that sweaty giant man singing the hook, <laughs> who looks looking... like. <laughs> he looks like the cloud that blows the wind in all those old drawings and shit. <laughs> His face is just on the side of the screen with the puffy cheeks and shit. But you, you're so right, because even the angle that they, you know, it's like, you didn't want to do like a head-on shot? You really nah, want nah. this blustery wind wind cloud face cartoon yeah. face this is the best look you can give this poor man singing his heart out yeah it wasn't a good look um but yeah so I, yeah i'll watch it. i couldn't watch it as an adult because it's just so absurd to yeah. just to have no cultural connection no experience right <laughs> but just to think you're gonna go in there to and 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 only in the and only in the films is where it's all just neatly packaged in such a way that, yeah, that's all that all the problems and ills. It all we need is a go getter white chick, mushroom chick, to get in there and give it give it the old college try 
and she'll be able to reach all these kids and there'll be no more gang violence, no more high school dropouts, no more teen pregnancy. All, all, that's, that, that's the problem. We just yeah. don't have enough Michelle Pfeiffer's in there, you know, reaching out to MS-13 and the Bloods and the Crips. <laughs> it would be... They that's would all they're missing. That's all they're missing is a white female that's teacher. The problem. You keep sending angry red dog police out after them. Yeah. The 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 racist white supremacist officers out there to combat violence with violence. When really all you need is Michelle Pfeiffer in a leather jacket to get in there and break shit down, drop the science, you know, and just win them all over, win the hearts and the minds of the hood. It's of course it's not absurd. We're just, no, we're just no. too lazy. We haven't implemented it. But the They're thinking about it the wrong way, that's all. They're just thinking about it the wrong way. And I, I love how how all of them, all of the white savior movies, when there's a woman involved, uh, she doesn't win the rough and tumble, you know, ragtag group of people over because she gives them some type of real compassion or a loving shoulder to lean on. It's always because she takes no shit. Like, you know, she she's tough with them. And, right. and that's the way they, like, these kids are born and raised in places with the highest murder rate in the world. And then when a teacher slams their book on the desk, they're all like, oh, shit, she oh. ain't playing. <laughs> it's always that, yo, snapping the fingers and shit. And my favorite one is um that, that movie, The Blind Side. And I didn't even watch the whole movie because back when the movie came out, I had maybe maybe a year or so after the movie came out, I saw a video of the actual person that it was about. And I couldn't believe it. I laughed so hard because you know what movie that is, right? Where it's uh, Sandra, it's Sandra Bullock. Bullock. Uh-huh. Right. So I saw a video of the guy, the football player that that's supposed to be. And he was basically just like, yeah, I'm not retarded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not really retarded. I don't know why they made this per- he They made him be like this big fucking oaf, this big stupid kid. And I think the reason they did it was because the the, peop, the the main demographic for the movie, if you just bring a six foot four, 300 pound Negro to live with you as a white woman, I mean, we can all guess where that goes from there. The way society is right now. We know where this is going. But he has to be a big, dumbass, child, oaf baby in a man body so that there's no inkling of what's going to happen when the dad's at work. I can relate to that. You know what I'm saying? So he couldn't just be some big, strong buck. And you're just like, hey, honey, I want this kid to move in with us. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? What are you trying to do over here? But yeah, when I saw the, the guy versus how they portray him in the yeah. movie, I was like, I, I'm not even watching this shit. <laughs> and, I would the, rather it, him almost be a little a, a little off in real life. At least, the, you know what I'm saying? At least that would have made it better. Well, in, in the defense, it's a better story in a better movie like that. So that it's the Mandingo fantasy is not at the forefront <laughs> of the of the entire movie that just take you know. So if you're gonna make that movie, the movie the way that they made it was the best way to make that movie to tell the story that they wanted to get across. Um, but I just go into it expecting that if it's based on any kind of real deal events, um, this is not going to be an accurate portrayal. And and I can also think of it in terms of like if you were going to be a storyteller, what makes a a better story? And at the end of the day, it's just there to entertain. It's not to be, um, you know, we have reality TV. If they were going to shoot it as like a camera crew following them around, 
then you'd get the actual story. But that's not what. So I, I don't mind giving them a little bit of artistic license. One of the ones that came to my head not too long ago where I was like, oh, yeah, this is incredibly racist <laughs> was the scene from Back to the Future. And I remember it as a kid um, at the very end. I think it's the first one where he sings Johnny Be Good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now Johnny Be Good, he's he's a bad man that lives down in, in New Orleans. OK, right. this was not Michael J. Fox's life. But it's so funny because you're talking about that error and black songwriters and black creativity and black musicians, right? And so he's a time traveler and he goes back <laughs> and plays the song to be like, yeah, you know where they got that idea from? A white guy from the 80s. One of, of course. The most, it, one of the most soulful creatures that there's ever been. He came back, he sang the song, and then they make the phone call, dude, you got to hear this. This is the next best thing. This is amazing. <laughs> he <laughs> and then Chuck Berry the was like... Right. Chuck Berry was like, okay, let's go ahead and rip it off. Let's steal these songs and we'll do it and then we'll go on to be rich. Right? That's how that worked. Because I think what made that so insulting is like, I understand it's kind of a cutesy little thing to do. You know, oh, we, it, he went back and actually he sang it and that's where they got it from and that's how that happened. Isn't that kind of a cool kind of thing? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? And you know, he'd be the most unlikely person, but since he had it in the future, he could bring it back to the past and then break that ground with that song. Isn't that kind of cool? I understand the concept. But the yeah. insulting thing is like, yeah, actually, there was all of these um, minestrone uh, complected artists who were writing all of these brilliant songs and completely, <laughs> completely got lifted. The riffs, the lyrics, everything was lifted and died penniless. And that was pretty much it. So that that makes it just so much more insult to injury, Terrible. you know, right? Terrible. So so that one I would almost say is more offensive than making the blindside kid kind of dumb, because that one is even a little more, um, a little more believable in that um, it's just one kid, and it's people really investing like familial love to reach out and try to help give the person a better opportunity. That's more believable than you just walking into the class and just like you said, you slam the book, and that's more terrifying <laughs> than the gunshots that they're living. Right. Like, right. uh, yeah, I'll straighten up right away. Yeah, that's the um, what they were playing with is that's called the bootstrap paradox in the whole time travel quantum physics shit. The bootstrap paradox. They usually tell it with uh with like Beethoven. So they'll say like a person who loves Beethoven has all of his sheet music and like all of this stuff. And he, some, you know, he invents time travel. So his greatest dream would be to go back and have Beethoven sign all the sheet music and shit that he has, all the memorabilia that he has from Beethoven. So he goes back in time and he figures out that uh, Beethoven hadn't written his shit yet, or either nobody's ever heard of him. Nobody knows who the guy is. So what he does is publish all the music under the name Beethoven. Right. So he he's actually the one who took it back and seeded it into society for himself to become a fan of it enough for him to go back in time and seed it into society. It's like a paradoxical fucking time travel thing, almost along the same lines of like that, you know, killing your grandfather type shit, this right. shit that people get paid a lot of money to sit around and ponder. Right. But that, <laughs> that, that football, there's no, there's no other way to make that football movie with a kid who's that size and that age 
moving in with a, a white family? Like, what would be another modifier that would, like, disarm the Mandingo fantasy? There's little, there's no other way because we know he's a huge fucking kid. He's a football player and not like a, a running back or something. He's a fucking, you know, big-ass dude who's going to knock you over. And he's black and he's moving in with a white woman. So what, what, what would be the modifier to fix that other than, like, make him retarded? <laughs> I don't know how else to fix that. I'm sitting here thinking about it while you were talking. I'm like, that. I don't know what else they could have done to take away that psychological element that you know everybody's going to be thinking about in the back of their mind. I don't. There's, there's nothing else. He's got to be a football player. If it was just a smart kid, you can make him cripple. You know, if he was just, you're going to get him through college and he's going to come up with some theorem that nobody knew about. If it was just about the brain, it's a whole lot of shit you can do, you know, but... For it to be an athlete, a young black athlete, I have no idea. Yeah, you have to cripple his mind because his body is too capable. <laughs> He's got too much in the department of physicality, so you got to cripple his psychology. But but we're not in a place where we can imagine that there is a, a faithful wife and a wholesome family with good intentions that would actually help... <laughs> um, uh, a struggling kid, right, with 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 some some comforts and resources to help him along in his way, and that the kid wouldn't be gung ho like I have I have to bone this woman while I'm here. <laughs> so there, there's so many failings on the audience part that our mind it, it's like that scene in the Matrix where like we tried to make it good, but your your brain just kept rejecting right. it. You, you right, you just it was wouldn't perfect. accept. And you right, you wouldn't it. accept it. So so. I almost give them the okay to have what could be perceived as some racist artistic license because that's what has to disarm just the the horrible framing that the audience will inevitably have because of all of our jaded and cynical perspectives right, that we right. couldn't just accept that, no, these are just decent people helping each other and everyone here is decent. Um, and it And it probably didn't happen in Florida and the woman wasn't a teacher, so it it more than likely was not the case right. that she and was also, a football player. The Mandingo fantasy—that's not even being fair, honestly. You know, of course, that's the clearest, you know, the thing that you can attach to it. But to be honest, if it had been some big ass white kid, some big athletic ass white kid moving in where that, I feel like that same scenario would have gone into people's heads. The father's about no. to get cucked. I, I, this, I, that's just, and this is just a great example of how um, there's no equality amongst the sexes, and it's just a joke, and we're just different. So imagine the scenario where Dad nope. brings home a struggling nope. cheerleader. <laughs> nope. Oh, a struggling she's, cheerleader. Yeah, see, you already she, fucked up. She's <laughs> 18, and she's that's like, sexy. "Listen, she's trying to be the best cheerleader she can be. She comes from a broken home." <laughs> Which is great because everyone knows that women that come or girls that come from broken homes, they make the they're, they're usually the most chaste, and there's no chance that any older creepy man would be able to do anything with them because we all know that. So just imagine this scenario where there's a whole story about the movie where the guy takes a shine to an 18 year old girl, and no, you no one can process that movie. Okay, I got no I one have can one. process that as a concept, but I you can kind of you you can kind of believe though. That the woman would bring the kid over and not bone the right. kid. Yeah, true. That women true. would have the restraint more than the man. True. True. But I do have one that might work. First, we got to make the girl an athlete. 
instead of just a cheerleader because a cheerleader is just you know i mean come on so we got to make her an athlete and the modifier which is you know <laughs> retardation for the black male would have to be fatness for the girl oh, okay yeah you, she'd have your to be wife like, would let yeah, she got to be huge. She's got to be a big pudgy girl. I don't know what her sport would be then. Like, Chef, she... she's a she's a grandmaster. <laughs> she's working. She's 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 beating Russians. She's yeah, beating man. robots. She just has a bad family life. And this giant portly girl, plump beyond, uh, you know, where you can really identify features. It's kind of like that fat where it's all kind of folding in on itself, and it's kind of hard to see what her face would look like if she wasn't fat. Um, yeah. his wife would not care. You'd right. be fine. And in fact, even if he did something with her, nobody would even be mad. It would kind of just be like a thing like, well, that's kind of actually charitable. Yeah, that's she needed nice it to win the next match. Right. You helped loosen her nerves. She's got her <laughs> confidence on. She thinks you're going to leave your wife for her. She's going to kick butt at the at the, the chess finals. Like, no, it wasn't for me, honey. It was her. It was from the back in the laundry room. It wasn't even missionary. It was just <laughs> right before the game. You know what I'm saying? She went out there charged up, you know, but <laughs> I had to. I could see that she had that glimmer in her eyes, so I just had to. No, that's horrible. Fatness shouldn't disqualify you from uh, from being attractive. So It shouldn't, but it does. <laughs> well, not all the time. It shouldn't, but, but it in does, that dude. situation, it seems like the safest bet. Like a cheerleader, you're fucked. Oh, you're screwed. Your marriage is over immediately. You can't bring a cheerleader home. Eighteen year old cheerleader who needs your help somehow. No, that's struggling. not gonna work. Yeah, it's not gonna work. Not gonna. Yeah, work. And the first thing I would do is I would bring her home with a copy of The Blind Side. Like, honey, oh. let's watch this movie. And you watch the movie with her and the cheerleader first before you explain why you need to move her in because you're gonna help her. <laughs> right after the movie's over, you're like, so what this you is think? what I'm that's a touching thinking. story, right? That's what I've been thinking. No, that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> no, there's there there like if you're a little chubby, like there's certain things, right? Like, but if if there's there's a certain level of large that you get to where there's just it's gonna be really, really tough. <laughs> it's really, really tough. And that's just honest. And we shouldn't hurt, and also too. Um, I want to shout out Eugene. Eugene is now our official barometer for offensiveness. I'm mm. I'm I'm assigning him as the czar of offensiveness, because uh, I am, and I'm even going to try to cut back on the cursing. I already feel guilty for the, especially the past two episodes. My God, just wow. horrible. So I'm going to be, I'm going to really be on my best behavior and and try to. I made an effort to be corporate before. I got sidetracked and I didn't keep to it. But I'm I'm re. I'm recalibrating and I'm back on the wagon and I'm going to be professional and courteous. And um and we're not and I'm not saying we're giving him free reign of uh he makes the final decision of what we can or can't say, but I, I we're going to use him as just an honest barometer for when maybe we've gone too far. Right. So d- yeah. I, I think that's wise, no? Yeah, oh yeah, I like I like that position for him. He uh like I say he contacted me the other night because he's an avid listener now. So he let us know that we that I, not we, I misquoted him because I had a conversation with him and we came across the topic of morality and he told me morality was just like a thing that humans do, it's not necessarily good or bad. And he said that morality was bureaucracy. 
bureaucratic. That's what he said. And when I related to you, we have been talking about how he said colonizer math and like it's white supremacy. And then we kind of bled into him saying that morality was bureaucracy. But I said that he said morality was white supremacy. So let's straighten Uh, that out. So I, I did misquote him a little bit, but morality as bureaucratic and just an arbitrary thing that humans do. He said he wants to defend himself on that position, so he wants to come back on soon and talk to us about it. So I'm I'm gonna I already have the, the first question that I'm gonna ask him. So and I don't think it'll matter if I say it now and he listens to it no, <laughs> before that, the next show. No, that's even better. Give him time to prep. That, right. That, I don't that, think it'll yeah. matter. He's either gonna change his original answer or work very hard to explain what he said the first time. So he was telling me that morality is whatever and things are just, there's no good, bad, blah, 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 blah. So I asked him, is rape bad? And he said, well, it's a thing that happens. I said, is it good or bad? Is it good for society, bad for society, good for the person it happened to or bad? Like just in general, is rape good or bad? And he said he wasn't willing to make a distinction on that. And he said, it's just a thing that happens. So we'll see. We'll see where that conversation goes. Because I, I didn't, like, get to drill down into it with him because I was, you know me, I, I was done at that point. I'm like, I don't need, what do I even need to talk to this person anymore for? At least about this subject. I've spoken to him a few times about some cool shit, but this is back to the thing we spoke about before. If you can't make a distinction between what's good and bad for humanity, then there's certain parts of this blueprint that I don't need to consult you for. And is also very unlikely that there's a place for you. And look, we all have a vision of the world that we want to live in. We all have a vision of what we want to build and the type of people we want to have around us and what our ideal community is. And there's certain things that if you can't make a distinction about whether they're good or bad, there's just, I, I feel like there's no place for you in society. That doesn't mean I would, you know, fully ostracize you or take any action to remove you from society because that would be like convicting somebody of thought crime you know if you say you can't decide whether rape is bad that doesn't make you a rapist or or say that you're going to abuse anybody or anything like that but it's just like when we pull up the table and we have conversations about how we're going to build and how we're going to move forward this is a person you shush when they're like hey i think you're like you know what no not you i don't want to hear anything from you until you figure out whether rape is good or bad. I just have no place for you in, in our discourse or anything like that. It's just weird. I, I really can't understand. Um, and that's one of the, that's one of the binaries that I'm proud to stick to. Well, I'd whether, be happy whether, to stick to that. Well, whether rape is, is good or bad, it's definitely something that's happening. Um, right. In Uyghur concentration camps, by the Chinese government. So everybody that voted for Commandant Biden, uh, there's going to be more horrific things going on in uh, China. And maybe that's one of the ways that people are dealing with it is to just come up with these things that, well, I'm not going to make a decision about rape as being good or bad. Maybe it's just a cultural choice. Maybe it's just a distinction of one culture wants to chop their penis skin off. One culture doesn't. It's not good or bad. Some cultures rape, some cultures don't. And sometimes maybe you're raping for the good. Maybe, you know, you have these ornery, angry Scotsmen and they just won't simmer down 
And so you got to get some prima nocta in there and say, listen, we're going to give you some civilized, uh, sophisticated, calm and calculated English blood to kind of rile down your, your tempers. And, yeah, and it's just, a, just airdrop them a shipping container of naked pre-lubed women. Just drop them <laughs> in there. Like, have your way for the weekend and we'll be back on Monday. Y'all better be a lot nicer by then. Uh, well, right, right. But see, but that would... Um, <laughs> That would that would that would that would be giving the power to the people that were um, conquered physically. So the English conquered them physically, therefore they had the right to conquer them sexually. You can't do it the other way yeah. around. You can't yeah. do it as a, a gesture of goodwill. Like, listen, <laughs> we're sorry we conquered you. We're sorry we killed you and we slept with your wives. We want to get the English blood in there, but listen, guys, we've gone about it the wrong way in having first access to all your women, basically via rape. That was wrong. So we're going to drop off our women so you can rape them. Even Stephen, it's horrible <laughs> no matter how you look at it. But, yeah, either but, way, it's terrible. But, but with the, like, there's certain things where you could, because I, I get what he's trying to do, is having right. the, the intellectual freedom to try to be as, as free from judgment as possible to try to just analyze things oh, yeah, as objectively yeah. as possible, right? I get that. Um, I, I get that philosophical exercise, and there's sometimes where it makes sense. Like, um, I'm playing through uh, Assassin's Creed Three, the remastered version, uh, mastered again, remastered. I don't think that's wow. even a real word, but we've all accepted it as a word. It's remastered, and it it probably it prob there's probably some white supremacy in there that I don't. I don't have the energy to mind just yet, but um, I read all of the little dossier things throughout the game because I'm a nerd and I like the history of it. And there was one thing I read about the Sons of Liberty, like the people that were helping organize the revolution, like they were kind of assholes. Like some were just like, yeah, you know, we got to we got to do this. We got to get the British off of here. You know, it's not right. Blah, blah. You're trying to reason with people. But there was a lot of them who were like, listen, um, you're going to fight with us. Or we're gonna fuck you up, right? So you could say that that's not the most enlightened way to get people to agree with you and go along with you, right? But in that instance of doing wrong, maybe you're crafting the greater or you're helping cultivate the greater good because at the end of the day, you helped establish a government that at least for that time period, was less tyrannical than the government you were under where there was a monarchy. So you had to employ some ugly, unrighteous tactics that you wouldn't codify in your new government because you know it's wrong, but you employed those tactics based on the situation because you were you were looking at the bigger picture for the greater good. Like, I can understand that. Or the story about Rahab. You read the Bible, people are like, you know, lying is wrong, lying is wrong. But... This lady who was, um, because we don't, I forget what we call them, because prostitute is, we're not using that term. But what what was it? A, it was like a divine, a, um, divine whore. Divine whore. Yeah. So she was a, a divine whore. Um, so you would think typically uh, is going to be not talked about well. Um, but she's a hero of the story because she lied to hide. Uh, the two um, uh, uh, stolen legacy juice boxes that were involved, they were going to be killed 
They were going to be killed. So she lied and said, I don't know where they're at. Yeah, I can't help you. So lying is wrong, but lying in that instance was to protect somebody. So maybe not all lies are they're wrong in theory and in concept, but in certain practices, you see what I'm saying? It might be kind of a good, but I can't, I can't find any situational ethics where I can figure out (laughs) where we're raping for the greater good. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Some lines have to be drawn. I know transcendent binary has been a recurring theme for the past few episodes. And it's true. This is something that we should be working on in every place that we possibly can without disregarding objective reality. And some lines just have to be drawn. I'm sorry. If we, if we expect, I mean, if you can draw a line at capitalism, I mean, what the, so like we can agree and not saying that this is his position, but this is what people say. Like people say it's terrible, and there's there's no way you can have a um a positive overall net positive society under capitalism. It's always exploitation, no matter what. You know, even if you are an athlete making a hundred million dollars, it's still exploitative because there's an owner of the team that makes billions and white supremacy and all this other shit. It's always exploitative, no matter how good you're lighting anything. So we can draw that line. But we can't draw a line where rape is concerned. We got to just shrug it off like, hey, you never know. I mean, but it's the same same exact principle at work. You're talking about a situation where one person has all the power and they're imposing their will on the weaker party. So I, I would I would argue that anytime that that's the relation it's it's wrong. And we advocate for more just ways unlike U.S. foreign policy, just because we could bomb the shit out of them and take all their things, we shouldn't do that, right? You, you, you should try to find a diplomatic way to open up relations and begin trade. It's just not, well, since I, you know, so we'll rail against U.S. foreign policy based on that same power dynamic. And, and, and maybe he would take a different position, but I would assume, and maybe I'm wrong for assuming, I would assume Eugene would think, um, yes, it's wrong for the U.S., just because they're more powerful to invade other countries and establish the governments they want just because they have the power to do so because it's against the will of the weaker country that's being subjected to it. So you you should respect the weaker party's will. Now, when you're talking about negotiations, right, and you're in a business meeting and you've got more leverage than the other person, eh, maybe, maybe... Being ruthless isn't the worst thing. Maybe being ruthless is going to be the best thing for you to move your idea and your business venture on to where you want to get it. But when you're talking about a person's like physical autonomy and not to mention like all of the trauma, right? Like all like if you've ever dealt with a woman that's been uh, violated that way, like the scars and the trauma, they're they're horrific. And I don't, I don't know even as a man that you could understand it, even if you've been violated as a man. I don't think it's, it's even the same thing as a woman, because even still as a man, there's still so many ways that you can assert your, your physical prowess and your dominance. You know what I'm right. saying? You could have a chip on your shoulder and just start knocking people the fuck out. You know, women, it's, in society and in their role, they're kind of always in this position of being 
you know, they, 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 they can't, I don't even know that they would necessarily enjoy expressing themselves in that way. Like a girl that just beats up other girls because she's mad about what some dude did to her. Like, I don't right. even, I can't even, um, you know, imagine how it gets to that. But so, yeah, there's all this negative fallout. There's these horrific things. And it's essentially one person that has the power to impose their rule on another person. And we're not respecting that uh, the victim's autonomy over their body. Like, especially if you believe abortion is okay. Like, right? Because you think a woman should make the choice with her body. Like, it's wrong to take away abortions, rights Because a woman shouldn't um, have someone else tell her what to do with her body. I mean, I don't know how that's not exemplified in rape. Hey, listen, like I said, some conversations are probably not even worth having. And that, that's how I feel right now. My mind could change one day. Maybe I'll be zen enough. And, you know, I, I'll have tripped shrooms enough times on our compound to actually sit down and, and engage in these psychological exercises with people just to see, you know, where it goes, what the end. I mean, this is yeah. how we got here, right? I'm sure people were saying a lot of really dumb shit to philosophers, and there was a lot of stupid-ass conversations where the answers seemed obvious, and maybe at the end you figure something out. So that I'll leave that that open, but I feel like where I'm at right now, especially during the building process and, and shit like that, there's some shit I could just not even engage with because it's not worth the yeah, spending no. of my energy. It's not worth my labor to... <laughs> it's not worth my labor to engage on something that is to it's for from where I'm from where I'm standing now is so clearly, clearly out of alignment. Period. But you're not you're not interested in mining philosophy for philosophy's sake. Yeah, not I right think now. No. Right now, the stage where you're at is to the degree that this philosophy that you're cultivating is practical and getting results. To the degree that it's it's practical and productive that's as much interest as, as you have to hammering out the philosophical details. Yeah. So the first question I'd have to ask myself is what is the practical application of saying rape is okay or not? Okay. Just a thing, not inherently good or bad. It's just, you know, it's just a thing. It's neutral. What's the practical application that's going to improve humanity to adopt the idea that rape is neutral. And I can't see it from where I'm standing. So it's like, I'll just, I'll just rip that up and throw it over my shoulder and get back to doing whatever it was I was doing. Speaking <laughs> of which, <laughs> I got, um, and this is how, too, I know that my girl is super low-key racist, but she won't admit it. Um, I was mowing her lawn today, and she was just sitting out there, like, sitting out on the, on the porch, like, sipping lemonade as she watched me mow the lawn. And I, I, in my head, I'm like, I think she really likes, she likes the visual of like having a white slave. <laughs> like she, she's enjoying being out, just out here sipping, relaxing in the sun and watching me labor. There, there, there was, there was like, okay, you know, I'm coming over to mow the lawn, but you want to watch me mow the lawn as you yeah. sit out on the chair, sipping lemonade. Let yeah, me, let, let me ease your mind a little bit and I'm, I'm going to do you one better. Uh, my wife does the exact same thing. Oh, and okay. I, yeah, yeah, we see, yeah. <laughs> so I have a, you know, I use a scythe famously. I've probably mentioned it on the show 50 times. It's my favorite tool that I own. You know what I'm saying? My whole psychology, I, I weighed my options. You know, the scythe costs $200 to buy because it's like handmade and, you know, all this kind of shit. And 
I just asked myself, this $200 scythe is going to be a tool I can keep for a very long time if I treat it the right way. A $200 lawnmower might last you two summers. A $200 lawnmower is a piece of shit. But a $200 scythe is the probably the best scythe you can get on the market. You know what I'm saying? So the, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with this. And it's my favorite tool. So I get outside whenever I can, and I cut the grass and the weeds and shit. And my wife will follow me around. She'll walk right next to me, and she'll be watching me cut. She's like, yeah, baby. Yeah, chop right over here, too. Let's let's get over here a little bit. And you know, in my head, I'm like, she's just engaged with the work vicariously right, right, right. through me. So I'm not going to take this as her being like, oh, yeah, yeah. Work over here a little bit more, too. Yeah, you missed the spot. <laughs> but every time it goes through my head, but I'm like, yeah, that's not who she is. So I'm not going to, you know, get emotionally attached to that idea. But, bro, yeah. My my lady does the same thing, bro. I think women just like seeing men in their role yeah. as a, as a worker. They, yeah. Women in general just like seeing men work. I think that's what it is. Because if you're right. if your lady's racist for watching you work, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, mine's all the way messed up. I like to see this this pasty mushroom soup complected <laughs> man. Just burn it out here in the sun, toilet in my lawn, making it look beautiful for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they just like yeah. seeing men at There's work. There's a nice right. narrative there, though. There is definitely a nice narrative there. I think, yeah, they just like seeing it. And it's crazy because I don't know, like, what, what, could, you, what could you hover and watch your lady do that would be the equivalent? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Even if it's something that's so traditionally feminine, Nothing. Not anything that's laboring, like I like at most, I I try to be a good dude. So if she's like cooking in the kitchen, I'll come in and see what I could do to help. Like, can I chop this up for you? Can I get this ready? Can I clean these dishes and move them out of the way? Things like that. But I'm never so interested. Like, ooh, you're you're being womanly. Like, <laughs> like, damn, you cleaning the shit out of that bathroom. You really cooking. I just want to watch you and kind of watch you now. The 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 thing that visually is for my attention is, you know, her being sexy. I said, I just want to watch you be sexy. Yeah. Like just, I could watch it dance. Exist, basically. Could, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but just to like, I'm going to go do some mundane, like, uh, you know, uh, errands, or yard work or something like that. Like it is, it's just, it's, it's silly, but she wants to watch me actually do it. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, you get a pick up a toolbox and get a wrench out of it and shit. You should probably do the same thing. Let's go get under the sink, start twisting bolts and shit. Probably the same shit. <laughs> and it'll be the same thing. They just like it, bro. And it's funny because, like you said, there's not really anything. And if there was, if she was doing something super domesticated and all of that kind of, if you just stood there and watched, I, I don't think mo most women would be able to ignore it. They'd be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Hey, don't you got something to do? <laughs> right. Uh, go jerk off or something. What are you doing? No, I'm just, just watching you be around. womanly. I'm going to sip this I... lemonade. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> sip this lemonade and watch you handle your feminine business. Yeah, watch you watch you seep out, you know, estrogen. Watch you <laughs> fill the room with your pheromones. It's fair. I mean, shit. I think it's fair. Nah, with, with, how how many better ways can you spend your time than watching a woman do something? No, no interest. I'll play video games while you're cooking. I trust that you're cooking and have no intention on poisoning me. I don't need to observe it. 
got no interest. <laughs> if you want to watch me mow the lawn, I got no problem with it. I, I think it's funny and it makes me giggle in my head that you see yourself as like, um, you know, an African Colonel Sanders just watching me toil in the yard and like you get some sort of like race retribution from this. If it makes you feel better, um, I, I'm fine with that. And it makes me chuckle, even though uh, it's probably not at all what, what's going on there. But aside from that, I, I don't care. Yeah, you want to watch me do stuff? Cool. I have no interest to watch you do anything. None. It's the root of masculinity, bro. It's just working. Yeah. That's where it all comes from. Right? That's like God's punishment to men and shit. Like, you're going to be sweating and get everything you need now. Right. I gave you Lift all this, this shit. You fucked up. Now it's up to you. You're going to have to toil for good. And women, I'm going to make it hurt when you give birth, you motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, wait, so there was a time when you could just pop them out, no problem, just while you're walking and shit. Like from yeah, now on, yeah. it's gonna well, hurt when you give birth. <laughs> or if if human beings were sterile and created, um, literally created, not born, then the moment that human beings become their own species that are in charge of producing themselves uh, through the vehicle of sex, then yeah, you're introducing childbirth. But yeah. maybe the way the first human beings were made, maybe there was no childbirthing. Maybe, you know, there was some Anunnaki and some 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 ingredients and some yeah. s- s- Sumerian fuckery. Who knows? I wasn't there. I don't know yeah. what happened. Yeah, that's such a crude plan. Like if, if the Anunnaki shit is true, that would be a crude plan. That's why that's how the slave masters in the in the South Antebellum slavery got fucked over, is because they were trying to save money. They didn't want to keep buying slaves. So they just start having mass breeding programs and shit. So it's like your slaves are breeding more than you. This this ain't gonna go well. But as an Anunnaki, I figure people from space would know. Like we're gonna make these beings. They should be sterile, and we'll just clone them and shit. We'll just we'll just doppel them shits and just take little yeah. drips of this one, little drips of that one, yeah. and we'll make as many as we need. You can put an order in. Like yo, I need four hundred <laughs> of them. Like all right, come back in no three problem. days. I have three full grown, four hundred full grown, brand new humans for you, and we they're all it. sterile. We got this really great dude in charge of product development. His name is Yakub. He lives in a volcano. He's super smart guy. He's cranking him out. Really big brain on this guy. Trust me. And (laughs) and he's just cranking him out. I got it. Yeah, and he's got the uh, he's got the age thing where you speed him up. Artificial aging. You know, it's gonna take us three days to get you four hundred full grown. I got it. And and here's another thing though too though, you find a way. Which I I, be, I would assume you're you're coming from light years away. You you've mastered traveling the cosmos. Can't figure out how to make synthetic gold, and can't figure out how to extract it. You gotta yeah. make you gotta make little like uh, ape people, little hairless gotta, monkeys to dig right, it up for you. Right. Let, let's let's get some of these apes. Let's inject them with a little bit of this god juice. And let's let's send them into the caves to get us the gold dust. Well, are we gonna make them telekinetic so they can move shit with their minds? No, we're just gonna give them shovels. Yeah, give them <laughs> just shovels, shovels and picks. <laughs> we came here from a hundred billion light years away. We're a seventy-six trillion year old society. We can do yeah. cloning and all this other shit. How are we gonna mine this gold? Let's make little fucking hairless monkeys and give them shovels. Let's get them two hundred dollar high quality pickaxes and send them in there. <laughs> 
a centimeter. But what about this laser that, that's mounted to the front of your spacecraft? Yeah, that'll you don't want to possibly yeah. melt the gold. I mean, we could, but you know, Yakub's been wanting to use his right. <laughs> He's been dying to have these little monkey factories. He's got a whole fleet of these hairless monkeys out there. <laughs> and they're just hanging out in a fucking chamber. They don't do nothing. So I'm getting tired of seeing them. They eat. They fucking, you know what I'm saying? We, we don't want them here. So just oh, this is a perfect chance. Sounds, the sex sounds. No, no, because they, he, he made them sterile. Well, no, I mean, in the, um, I think it's in one of the um, Sumerian tablets or whatever. That's what the... Um, and Lil or Enki, that yeah. they were like disgusted by the the sex sounds of the humans. Oh God, that's what drove them away. That's what drove them away. Like, they, oh, they they fucked too disgusting. loud. Disgusting. So let's let's take our laser mounted spaceships and go. Let's just figure out how to make synthetic gold. This, no, this no, no, you know what happened failure. first. You know what happened first is that's where that verse in the Bible came from, where it's like all oh, the angels looked upon the the women and they and they knew them. Yeah, they had to go into. And so he was like, "Why are they making so much motherfucking noise when they screwing? It sounds like they're having a lot of fun. Like we just, you know, tilt our heads together like the cone right. heads and shit, mm-hmm. and reproduce that way. Are we missing out on something? So they started banging human women, and it was like, "Oh shit, who made this thing?" Like Yakub was like, "Yo, I told you, yo." <laughs> I, was looking, I was looking through some of the history books and I read something about this thing called a vagina, bro. I don't know what, why did we evolve away from that thing? It sounds awesome. <laughs> I love it, dude. Yakub's story is getting better and better. So yeah, oh. why would you make people? Yeah, why would you make people have to freaking bang to have kids? If you, yeah, it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense. That's why that story sucks. That's yeah, why that but, story sucks. It's but, better to have sterile. Hairless monkeys digging up all the gold out of the atmosphere. And then the the Anunnaki leave, and they're left with this mindless, uncontrollable lust for gold, and they don't even know why. (laughs) For millions of years, humans are still like, oh, gold, gold, for pretty much no reason. People think if the whole stock market collapses and all the fucking grocery stores close and Mad Max is happening and people dying and getting raped and shit... Gold is going to be the thing that maintains its value. Yeah, because the Anunnaki told us so. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> Why wouldn't it, right? It's in our DNA. It's like, no, it's this one, not the other ones. The fuck, fuck the rest of those. Gold, no matter what. When there's no more clean water and no more vegetables and people are eating each other and there's diseases everywhere, this is the shit that's going to save us. This fucking metal. It's unbelievable. It makes zero sense to me. I understand that- why it works now. But to think that you can stockpile it to save it for after like a, a social collapse, that's where it's like, now now I don't understand what you're talking about. It, it actually makes perfect sense if you believe the, the whole Luciferian uh, Tower of Babel conspiracy and that they're just um, trying to preserve consciousness in machines and cheat death, then it makes perfect sense. Yo, the food, the vegetables, the water, they don't matter. You got enough cobalt and gold and silver and all the necessary components to have like some kind of uh, computer shit. You know, mm. the metal makes more sense. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I'm pretty sure like the circuit, the the circuits that transmit the signals and electricity. I'm pretty sure gold and silver and all you know 
That's that 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 can be a, a used as a part of um the the I don't know the robot mechanics or whatever, whatever android creatures we try and inject our yeah. consciousness. So that's I mean, true. That's true. Because it is a strange obsession, especially to go that far. Like I, I get it. Like I said, I I get it now. You want to wear a chain, and the price is going up and all of that. But to think that that would carry over. So where you're going to make monkeys whose sex sounds you can't stand? <laughs> and you're going to come from another end of the galaxy to do it? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be this a good important, reason. It's important. <laughs> Dude. The sex I, I, sounds, that's, that's horrible. I never heard that before. But I like that, though. I like that he was just screwing too loud and disrespectfully for this highly advanced society. that was just like, you know what? Just leave. Just leave him here. They'll probably <laughs> eventually starve to death anyway. Just leave him here. Right, I'm buddy. We coming for you now. We're going in space. I got, I got, an, I got another voice for the Yakub story origin story, um, dude. Patrick Stewart. Mm. Pat, Patrick Stewart would be a great, uh, wow. a great voice for one of the chapters. I feel like he'd do it too. I feel, I feel like, like he totally. Talk to he's been on Family Guy. Yeah. He'd jump at the chance. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he'd do it. Patrick Stewart telling the story of Yakub. God, this yo, that has to happen. It has to. That's such a good story that the world needs to hear. And the only way they're really going to hear it, like nobody's going to watch a seven-hour Dr. York inspired video. Like nobody, you know, other than me. You know what I'm saying? Nobody <laughs> I watch it just because it's so, you ever see something where you're so in awe of how ridiculous it is and how much time people put into it that you just you know, you watch it slack jawed the whole time. It's just like four hours long. And I'm just sitting here like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? Somebody is really presenting this as not that some stuff. Okay. If you watch uh, ancient aliens or something like that, you know, they, they take a lot of liberties with the truth. They act like, oh yeah, it was aliens that did it. Like the dude will say some crazy shit, but it's, it's basically framed as in like, we're doing this on purpose. We know we don't have evidence for it. It's a concept. It's been. It's a carving on the wall, and it kind of looks like a spaceship. So it was aliens. But when motherfuckers make a long ass video about Yakub and that whole story, they they tell it with seriousness, like this matter of fact. Yeah. So seventy eight trillion years ago is where this story tells. And I'm like, is there any type of? Do you have like stone carvings or paper from seventy six trillion years ago? Where is your Where's this story coming from? Oh, I know a guy that's actually 78 trillion years old and he was there. Like, oh, okay. okay. Uh, I got it. All right. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous, bro. But it's a great fucking story. I think the world would be a better place if white people knew where they came from. So let me give you a great little gift here. Uh, and I and I can't I'm jumping at the chance to. So there's Mormon cartoons that you can go and look up mm. online. Mm, yeah. So Get you some tasty Mormon theology in cartoon form, and you will feel like you were deprived as a child with Saturday morning cartoons. Nothing, nothing in Transformers, nothing in Silverhawks or G.I. Joes or the Marvel Comics. Nothing, nothing was this level of imaginative creativity. You were deprived of the epicness, which is um, Moroni. And uh, living on your own planet and uh, having your your sister wives with you. Yeah, it's cartoons. Mormon cartoons break the whole thing down. Check them out. Mm -hmm. It's great. 
I need to. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to tap into that. I need some Mormon cartoons. I'm sure they. T- do they talk about how black skin is a curse? Uh, I didn't see that episode, but it <laughs> would not at all surprise me yeah. if that was the case. Yeah, dude, I, I'm gonna have to get into that because if I can, if I can dedicate my time to the big head scientists, then I have to get into some fucking some Mormon teachings because they're they're not even cartoons. I mean, they're animated school basically. It's an animated class on where this shit mm-hmm. comes from. That's one of my favorites. Though. I mean, you gotta love it. You 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 have to love it. You gotta love it. That dude didn't give a shit. Like, I got a little rock with a circle in it, and I can see through it and read special text. But it won't work if you look through it. It only works for me. You want to be a part of my harem? You want to be one of my wives? (laughs) Are you married? Good. You got a couple of them with me. Then the best thing, which it was no... I mean, nobody even, like, thought about it. It it didn't miss a beat. It lost none of its momentum. The movement just kept going. So the heir to him was a dude called Brigham Young. Yeah. Bring yeah. them young. Bring them young. I mean, to be fair, I think it was Brigham. It I was think. Brigham, but, but the pun, <laughs> it's so close that it's like, come on, man. Oh, yeah. This this is a troll from the simulation. You're it in 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 it listen, in a hundred years, there'll be 14-year-old child brides, there'll be compounds. There'll be, you know, 10, 8, 10, 15 women to a man. Uh, this is all a scam to have extra wives. That's all it is. Pretty is much. It, so is that, was, that was the dude who tried to be righteous and not cheat on his wife and break her heart. So he's like, how can I get other bitches without ruining my marriage? I know. Oh God, I think I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just marry 11 more women. The younger, the better. But yeah. if you can get I'll, away with it, dude, go for it. We're gonna have to put a sign outside our compound that says "No child brides." Yeah, none under any circumstances. Yeah, never. We don't allow it. But just to think, he concocted the story. You know, there's these tablets. I can see them. They're golden tablets. It's this whole story. Jesus was in America. The Indians that keep you know scalping us. Well, they're the Jews that God cursed. That that that's how that happened. And yada 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 yada. A whole nother Bible. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Book of Mormon. It's chunky. It's a whole nother Bible. So at most, you know, he didn't do like an apocrypha, right? Like I'm going to, okay, these are some five. I'm going to make my own book of Enoch. This is going to be some some book of Jasher. This is some lost, you never knew about it, martyrdom of Isaiah type shit. You don't even know about it. Now he's like, no, 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 no. We're going to do a whole nother Bible. A whole nother Bible. And his bottom line was, I get to sleep with more bitches. Mm. I mean, shit. It's pretty efficient. You almost kind of got to give the dude credit. I mean, if you're going to go to that much, you're going to change the world. You've made a whole nother religion. People are still following it to this day. You change the world. You kind of just got to be in awe of that. That's yeah, like yeah. the Taj Mahal of bullshit stories. Like it's yeah. it's romantically brilliant. I ain't mad at him. I respect his work ethic. I respect his work ethic. If you can come up with your own Bible and actually like sell people on it, you deserve respect. You deserve respect. I ain't going to join it. I'm not going to tell people they should join it. And I'm not going to pretend I believe it. But fuck, bro. I mean... 
because it, 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 it's a snuggie, basically. You know, the guy made a snuggie, a stupid, it's a bathrobe that you wear backwards. <laughs> <laughs> he made a bathrobe that you wear backwards, bro. He just, it's just a bathrobe. And he turned it around backwards and just basically said it was a whole new thing. And people were like, you know what? You're right. I want one. I've had bathrobes before, and I might even have one already that I could wear backwards, but it's not the same. The Snuggie is actually made for you to wear it backwards, so I got to have one. He made millions of dollars. Now, here's the thing, too. Um, You can take a blanket and just cut a hole in it and put your head through the hole. You basically have the same thing. Not good enough. Not good enough, because I can't buy it from TV. Well, you, <laughs> I, can't, I can't buy it from TV. That's worth thirty nine ninety nine. But wait, there's more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, I'm sure. How many people you think complained about that? How many people you think told him it was the stupidest shit in the world? And he said, I don't give a fuck what y'all talking about. I'm gonna put it on, uh, you know, Home Shopping Network. And or they her. Saw it. We don't know if her. It was a right. hand. No, no, it was a no, it was a dude. I know the guy. I saw. I looked him up. I had to. Oh, you did? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I had to figure it out. I was like, who the fuck? It's a bathrobe. <laughs> it's a literal bathrobe. And he's just convincing you to wear it backwards. And he created a product, bro. This is the world that we live in. You just wrap yourself in it, and now you're happy. Thirty nine ninety nine. And that's why I'm not going to talk bad about capitalism. And that's because, why I'm not, yeah, you're right. Because there, there's exploitation and communism. You want to talk about people taking advantage of people? Uh, yeah, read about some of the atrocities that were done under communism. It's, it's just as horrific. It's just as much people abusing power. In capitalism, you got a little bit more of a chance not to be on the receiving end of fuckery. But, and you can potentially get a little nice something for yourself. Um, that's not happening um, under any of the other available um, government structures that are out there. But the fact that you can just make up a religion and instantly get yourself access to multiple bitches and you can come up with a blanket with some holes in it and become a multimillionaire for selling people some shit that they don't need. They don't need. But you can. They want it though. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't understand why you would I don't understand why you would be mad of that at that because it it is indefensibly something stupid. It's not solving the problem, you know, of global warming. It's not solving the problem of pollution. It's not helping uh, nations get along with each other and distribute resources in an effective way that doesn't keep them at war. It's not curing cancer. I agree with you. Not not the most noble and not the most uh, ingenious uh, application of intellectual capital. I agree with you. I agree with you. But you don't see that and say, what a stupid idea that made him a millionaire. Maybe I have a stupid idea that can <laughs> exactly. make me a millionaire. Exactly. And that's exactly. all about that's all about attitude. That's not, that's ninety percent of the things going on in people's heads. That's keeping us as miserable failures and angry, bitter scumbags. It's yeah. just not 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 having that next step to say, well, maybe there's some potential in there for me. And I'll make my snuggie. I won't even use slave labor in China when I make it. 
I'll mm. even pay my employees a bit higher of a wage. I'll take a little less something for myself. Maybe at the end of the year, I only made $2 million where I could have made $20 million, but I'm cool with $2 million, and all of my employees have health benefits, dental benefits, and they're all living nice too. You can do it. If you don't like the way somebody else is doing it, you could do it differently, take a little bit less, and empower more people if you choose to. We're, we're all full of stupid fucking ideas. You, right. you, we come up with at least 10 every week. Right, right. The only thing different is that guy had enough stick to they call it. He, you know, he wasn't going to let nobody talk him out of it. He took it through all the stages that it needed to go to, and he brought it to fruition. I, I, I got to say that the world is objectively better for being able to facilitate that type of opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, of course, it sold a bunch of shit to people that need maybe uh, not the Snuggie specifically, but, you know, you think about all the products and a lot of it is filthy ass factories that's pumping dirt into the atmosphere and who knows what they're dumping in the water and just to make a fucking shake weight or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So I get on the other end that there could, but that's because we have bad practices when it comes to that kind of shit, bad agriculture. You know, our fact, the way we build factories, the type of toxic waste that comes out and how we decide to deal with it, all that shit's horrible. But to live in a world where you can think up something and say, you know, my, my little nephews are running around here shooting at each other with these crappy ass water guns. I'm an, I'm an engineer, you know, who's trying to find a job making some smart shit. Maybe I'll just help my little nephews with their water guns because I know how to fit. And you make a super soaker and you make $400 million. Is that how much he made? He made more than that. But Wonderful. Right. This guy decided to help kids have better water guns. And how much were they? I can't I remember. When I, they first I know came that out, they were expensive. I remember I being a know. kid and my parents were like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is outrageous. They they were they were aghast at the price. They were they were pretty expensive. Wow, this says that uh, super soakers have generated more than a billion dollars in total sales <laughs> since nineteen ninety. That's wonderful. Does it say what the what their sales price was when they were first introduced? Let me see. I'm gonna look for it right now. Because I billion, remember too a billion dollars, bro. Yeah, they were the shit when we were kids. I remember because they had like the fifty. And then they came out with the 100, like the blue one, which was way bigger. And then they started getting ridiculous where they would have them like, um, you know, like those, uh, uh, those um, what are they called? Like drums. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. if you shoot a machine gun, it's got like a drum for the bullets. They had them with these giant water reservoirs, like two of them. They just started getting so over the top with them. Yeah, it says between, they were between... Uh... Seven and thirty-five dollars because there were so many different types. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So between they they had some for like seven, ten dollars, and they had some up to thirty-five, fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable, bro. So Unbelievable. you imagine as a, a parent in the nineties? Oh, you, please. You want me to pay fifty dollars for a squirt gun? For <laughs> a squirt gun? They got to be ninety-nine cent. You what out are you, of your what are you talking mind? about? Yeah. yeah, but a billion dollars, bro. A billion dollars. No, there's no metric to understand that the world needed that. 
people always say now, especially the people who try to teach you to start a business and how to brand yourself and products and all, they say you have to solve a problem. You have to identify the problem that your product solves for the world and why it's going to blah, blah, all this kind of shit. And I get that. It's probably very helpful. But where's the metric to know kids need better water guns? Timmy needs to shoot Johnny with greater velocity. and force. From all the way over here. He's got to land that. And here's the thing, too, that you started an arms race amongst children. You can't even show up with these one these right. shit ninety nine cent water guns anymore. Right. Like that's not even an option. Yeah, you just created child classism. <laughs> you just made it worse, rather, because it was always there. But now, yeah, if you if you bring a you can't even last. You're gonna shoot three or four times, and then you got to go refill it. These right. guys got backpacks on with fucking thirty oh, gallons yeah. of water. <laughs> and then and then they had the extra things like it was training you, like you had clips. Yeah, you could. Yeah. They had the thing where you could carry around the little water reservoirs just to change it instantly. You run out of water, you don't even got to go back. Yeah. I remember having them little water gun fights too, like making a whole bunch of water balloons as the grenades. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I, I don't even know if I should talk about it, but maybe somebody will do it and just make the world better. But I always, uh, whenever I see water balloons in the store, I, I'm thinking like, you know, if somebody, they're going to be throwing these and all the fucking rubber is going to be all over the ground for the next 47 years in the ground because it takes so long to break down. But nobody's making biodegradable balloons. Yeah, we will. You know what I'm saying? Biodegradable yeah. balloons. Like just, yeah, you can use a regular balloon, but if you have the option to buy one that's not going to fuck the environment a little bit, I mean, it, it, maybe it's a dollar more, but you, that's a, I feel like that's a decision that humans could make just for the sake of, you know, bettering the situation. Just buy fucking biodegradable balloons. Listen, I don't know if you can make them. I don't know if it's worth it. Maybe it's not worth it. But I'd like to, that's something, you know, once we generate the right amount of money, I'll throw something at that. I'll get a, a room full of people thinking about it. I'll give you all, you know, 60, 70 grand to think about this for six months. Come up with something. See if you can make a biodegradable water balloon. I want my, my hemp uh, plastic cup set for my cupboards. Yeah. I want my hemp plastics to store all my meaningless shit in uh, to preserve it. And I want um, other people's children to bombard one another uh, with hemp uh, biodegradable water balloons. There's no reason for it not to be so. Right. Yeah, it's a perfect, I think it's a perfect business. Perfect idea. It solves a problem. Not a problem that, I, you know, obviously a lot of people don't care about. Think about how many balloons get sold every year. And and just the uselessness, the fucking, you know, uh, disposability of balloons. People are going to fill them up. They're going to let them fly away. They're going to freaking hit a power line and land somewhere else. Like, all the kind of shit, you know, you don't give a shit about balloons. But that plastic, that rubber that pops and it hits the ground, like, how long does it take for that shit to actually disappear? Where do we get all the helium from? I don't know. Is it, it must be like a helium geyser somewhere. You have no idea, right? I don't have any idea either. <laughs> I guess they they probably make it, right? I think they make it. So they they so they would know how to like take the certain molecules or isotopes or whatever way to make it like something else. Like okay, we have oxygen, we just got to remove this, this, and this, and then yeah, it becomes crazy. nitrogen or helium or something. 
It says nearly all of our helium is extracted from natural gas, a byproduct of radioactive decay of uranium and thorium. So when uranium <laughs> and thorium decay, they create helium. What the fuck? See, and we, that's that, what we use to blow up balloons. That was something that that's even worse than what I was imagining yeah. that it could be. Because what I was thinking is, because it was actually, well, what I thought of was just what is the reality in reverse. So what I'm thinking is, you know what, we think you're thinking right now about how bad the balloon um, remnants are after the fact. I'm like, what if there's like rivers of nuclear waste because that's what it takes to make the helium right. to fill the balloon? Right. <laughs> like that would even be worse. But what actually the balloon industry is, is we've got all this uranium decaying, <laughs> this... Wow. This horrible yeah. nuclear waste that's laying around, like it gives off helium. Let's let's find a way to commodify this since it's already rotting in the earth. So that's just like an extra. So it's like you're mining for natural gas to sell to people for all kind of reasons, and you just get helium as a byproduct. So that's just extra. Gosh, yeah. dude, a, a byproduct of radio, the radioactive decay of uranium and thorium. This just makes balloons so much stupider now. It makes them so much <laughs> It does. And you're getting can canisters of this shit delivered to your carnival so you can give them the little kid. He what the fuck is the matter with humans, bro? What What is the matter with humans? Like, what can we do with this? Like, just, just fucking put it in balloons. What else are they doing? What else is helium even used for? What's the, what's the helium market looking like right now? Where are people like, so uh, if you got uh, helium for sale, how many places are you getting that off? It's. I, I was gonna say, what if we bring zeppelins back? But I think they were filled with hydrogen. Yeah, yeah, which is even dumber, probably. But, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I don't. I don't even know. I don't know what. How do you hustle helium? If I came up on a whole bunch of helium, what, what would I do with it? How do you make money? How you flip that? <laughs> door to door. <laughs> just go door to door selling helium. Just have a big tank. Like I just, I just, <laughs> I had a harvest. <laughs> I just harvested a whole bunch of helium. Uh, there's some nuclear waste, I guess, in my backyard. It's giving off some helium. I was wondering if I could meet your party needs. Maybe you got a birthday coming up or in a few months you want to just store it. It's perfectly safe. Don't leave it near your radiator, but you'll be fine. Yeah, y'all um, want to do some funny voices and shit? You can breathe yeah. it in. Just Which breathe that, it in. Do a voice. Now, <laughs> in all these years, I thought it was harmless the few times that I've done that. But now that I know that it comes from, like, uranium... Um, I, I don't think decay. it's a good idea. Right. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so either. I think it's a terrible idea. Gosh, dude, how do we get here? Oh, the balloons. I was about to say, because this feels so stupid all of a sudden. Balloons are never going to look the same to me anymore. Yeah. I'd have felt better if they were just making it. Like if it was just something you could just compress some air and, you know, change the temperature or whatever, just make some helium. <laughs> Well, we, we did. Like, nah, we got to. We, we, we did kind of make it in a way. It because it's is. I don't think uranium is natural, is it? Uranium's uh, man-made, ain't it? No, well, no, not if they're finding this shit underground. Hold on. Not if they're finding that. this shit underground. They're digging down into, into how how far down? I don't even know how far down you got to dig for this shit. But they're digging underground, getting natural gas, and the helium is the byproduct of them getting the natural gas. Let me see here. Oh, wow. They call it a noble gas. That's cool. Because some of these things are... Um, okay, I guess uranium is natural. What What am I thinking of? There's I, I know that there's some stuff. Plutonium? 
Maybe that. I think Plutonian is that. I don't even know, dude. Who the fuck knows? These guys are messing with some crazy shit out there for no apparent reason other than... I mean, honestly, how much of that shit have they found to that objectively improves life, really? Really? I mean, I know that it's helping. Some of it's helping, but we're just... I think we stopped the technology. Once we learn how to dig deep enough to get oil and shit like that. Once we figure that out, we stopped our tech. We're like, we don't need to get no smarter than this. Let's just keep burning this crude fucking oil and let's stay right here. Uh, unless we find something we can make a bomb with. If I can make a bomb, I'll pay you some good fucking money. But other than that, like, yeah, hey, we got something that'll make energy cheaper. Like, leave that shit buried. We don't need that. We need to put radioactive decay gas in children's balloons and fucking black sludge in our cars, and we're perfect right here. We don't need to move forward any further. No, I would be. Now, I do have some good news. Uh, I found my first worm today. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's I got, a plus. And this is even better. I, 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 I did like over five miles yesterday, and I'm like, you know what? Instead of doing all this, I just need to be working in the yard because digging these trenches it's 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 laborious so what i got right now is i got three really big mounds with like trenches on each side that way whatever i plant in the mounds there's no danger of it like getting like flooded and drowned you know what i mean so instead of raised beds i did it the ancient alien way with the uh, sacred mounds so nice. I got three. I got three planting mounds, and uh, I have to get some uh, expertise from you here shortly about what I should try to plant for for what season, and what do I need to do once I put the mulch all over? Because that's my plan is I'm going to put the mulch all over everything, and then in those little trenches, that's going to naturally retain water. And I know you said that the mulch will help, and the the roots growing on top, the overgrowth will help keep it all under there. Yeah. But then I just put a seed right there on that in the mulch in the soil, like right on top. Well, are you going to be planting seeds directly in the ground or like starting them in small pots or anything like that? Uh, I have no idea because I'm stupid. Well, it depends on what you're growing. I wouldn't, you don't put it right on the mulch. What you do is you just kind of move the mulch out. You make like a little circle and you dig down a little bit, even if you took a little hand, hand shovel kind of thing and just kind of chopped up the soil underneath there to make it a little looser, just in that one spot, and you plant there. Okay. Because you want the mulch. You want to leave a little bit of bare soil so it doesn't get too wet. Because, if say, if you uh, you plant like a tomato plant, if you pile the mulch up too close to the stalk, that extra moisture that it holds could rot the stalk. So you just leave a little small circle open so that there is a little bit of exposed soil. So if it does get really wet, it'll have an open spot to wick that moisture out. You know what okay. I'm saying? And then you plant there. So that way it can kind of regulate itself a little bit. And uh, yeah, and the mulch will block all the weeds and the competition uh, moving closer to the plant. Yeah, that's okay. pretty much what we've been doing. We use mulch and leaves and straw and everything. And we just put it down real thick. And then when it's time to uh, to plant, like it basically your your mulch or your straw, whatever it is, will look like a little bird's nest on the ground. You just kind of scrape everything away in a little circle and plant right there. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you, um, if you can plant, I mean, it depends on how permanent your stuff is. You, you know, I don't know how deep you can go with it, but if if you want to put pioneer what they call pioneer plants in, 
you can do that. And those are things that are going to help the environment and the soil around the uh, food crops that you're growing. So there's flowers that you can grow. There's pigeon peas, all kinds of stuff you can grow that'll either improve the soil. It'll give you some type of biomass that you can chop and uh, chop and drop on the ground, or it'll uh, bring in beneficial insects that'll help protect your plants. Yeah, so those, man. And those I'm are usually the ones you go first. Dope. Balls yeah. to the wall or, 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 you know, Ovaries to the rotary, whatever, make it gender. <laughs> Ovaries to the rotary. That was sounds a little abusive right there. <laughs> no, to the rotary. It's it's an organ. I don't know. This Wait, yeah, I get it though. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll hook you up. I'll send you I got some seeds, especially for the um the pigeon pea. My pigeon pea is blowing up right now. So it's probably four hundred seeds on the tree right now, little beans on the tree. So I'll I'll send nice. you some. And you can uh, get those planted, and those will start putting nitrogen in the soil. And uh, when they get bushy and they get tall enough, you can pull all the leaves off, chop them off, and just drop them right on the ground. They'll compost, and it'll grow right back. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going all in on this. This is this is definitely a lifestyle change for me. This Dope. is something I, I need to get good at. And what I was thinking too, man, um, dude, a great way to monetize some of this now, because it would all be friendly, uh, family friendly. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a sponsor by next episode. But on this, you can't really advertise on this. We drop a lot of F-bombs. Some of the things are controversial. Um, some of it is, you know, it, 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 it gets the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the um, barometer of offensiveness. Yeah. Catch winds of it here and there. So so this may not be advertiser friendly. But what about something of you just going on and teaching these techniques on a YouTube channel? I, I gotta think as more and more people get interested in this kind of thing, like simple tutorial things where you go over something or show something, that's real easy to shoot. That's family friendly. You know, you could present yourself in such a way where you kind of really brand it, and that could be a, a revenue stream. Uh, you know, based upon traffic, you know, people oh, yeah. are looking into this kind of thing. And then you could like shoot, shout out like, you know, and I have a, a sister channel of lunatic stock tips, you know, <laughs> and then <laughs> a sister channel. <laughs> so that one will be real, you know, uh, real clean cut, straight edge to the point, give people for people that are really interested in a way that they could hook up to the Patreon and donate you know, but you could also sell advertising with enough people are going there and checking it out because this is definitely something people are going to be uh, more and more and more people are getting into the I need to know how to produce my own food thing. Right. So and, it, and it's a key component to the cult. So it'd be a good way to get information out there for people that are interested and to, to generate some revenue. And I already thought about lunatic stock tips, like the best way to do it is to even just say like it would be like, um, what's that sound? Like you hear DJs use it like da 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 like yeah, some yeah, some more right. <laughs> so after each after you give it each tip and you just say ridiculous shit like you know you should probably sell all your gold and silver you know mortgage your house if you have to and put everything on blah 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 and then just have it in there you know for entertainment purposes only like all the other stock channels but just have it to where you give people good information. As far as like what may be a good thing, a good play and good place to put money in, but you present it in such a hype and over the way, you know, just over the top way and then have like little screenshots of, you know, and like 
really cheesy effects of explosions and shit like as you're given all this information that could be like a two or three minute video where it would be hilarious and you'd actually give people some good information that's <laughs> amazing lunatic stock tips bro that's that was yeah. a great that was a great idea yeah that's a good one that's a good one because there's so many fucking you know financial not financial advisors on youtube then right. why not? And, and plus, every now and then, you might really catch one that you could really manipulate. And I know, you know, you don't want to admit that you're purposely manipulating stock prices. But, I mean, stock prices are to be manipulated. Like, that's what they're there for. A lot of things change stock prices. A lot of things push them up and push them down that don't have anything to do with the company and how, you know, how valuable they are. It has nothing to do with that. It's just random world events could change it. So if Lunatic Stock Tip starts to actually change some stock, we all win. We, we all, all win. I love it. And, and keep in mind, too, that that's what all of this financial um, reporting is for. It's, it's right. to gen- that, That's why companies put out press releases. And, of course, all of that stuff changes the stock price of course when a hedge fund manager gets on tv and talks about a particular fund or what they think is going to happen right. it changes uh your boy uh roaring kitty i think he he had to go testify before congress in massachusetts oh my god for what he i think he got he, i don't know if he got indicted. i think he got indicted he got some kind of charges in massachusetts and then i'm sorry then he had to go to dc i believe well, I think he did it on Zoom, if I'm not mistaken. But he had to testify before Congress, I think. Wow. For the, uh, for the GameStop thing. That's the, well, Yeah, I guess. I mean, we knew there was going to be some... Uh, we knew there was going to be some bullying going on. You know, how, how much they want to scare him or, or shit like that. They're basically going to make him spend his money on a lawsuit. That's what it is. They're going to try to sap all of his money. Because I don't think... It, I don't think there's anything uh, that they can actually convict him of. I highly doubt it. I mean, they can make up some shit, of course, but he didn't do anything illegal. There's no insider trading. There's no, I mean, what what could he possibly have done illegal? He told a bunch of people to buy stock. I mean, what? Yeah, and, and if so, that becomes illegal, then, I mean, I don't know. Does Jim Cramer still have a job? I, don't I mean, how does know. he have a show? No, no, I, but what I mean is how does how does he even have how do you have CNBC? Like how do you have any right. financial news where people are making recommendations? I mean it happens all the time. I don't right. know. So so if you say if you have a show and you you know that's that is that the guy who's always like screaming and with his yes. shirt unbuttoned and yes. shit like yes. that? Yes. <laughs> like yes. sweating. So if he goes on there and he says, Look, this thing is a strong buy, the analysts and blah blah blah, and then like a hundred thousand people go buy the stock, is that manipulating the stock price? Yeah, because that's what a lot of these firms do, like um, J.P. Morgan or, you know, Goldman Sachs. They'll put out um, their analyst reports and say, yeah, you know, we're upgrading this from a from a, you know, uh, a, a meets to an outperform or whatever. You know, they're doing that all the time. And of course, if they're a reputable institution, you know, wielding billions and billions of dollars in capital, of course, people are going to look at them and be like, oh, well, if they say the price target is 12 bucks, I'm sure it's going to get to 12 bucks and they put their money in. Wow. Yeah. So they, I think they're just bullying him to waste his money. 
they're gonna he's gonna have to go to court he's gonna have to they're gonna tie him up in litigation and they're gonna file paperwork and then when he files his shit that the lawyers are gonna wait till the last day and then they're gonna file an extension and like they're just gonna drag their ass until he spends a whole bunch of money and then they're gonna be like oh well never mind case dismissed and but what you do just you know about three hundred thousand dollars Massachusetts. I don't know. For some reason, it's striking me. I, I don't know. When you said Massachusetts, the inside of my mind said hanging state. I don't know if that's true wow. or not, but well, that's just. <laughs> I don't know. That was just like word association. Ma- Massachusetts you, hanging state. <laughs> it's the first thing. I don't know. It's the, one of the most um, paternalistic liberal states. Always siding with the consumer, protecting the consumer. I think um, Elizabeth Warren is from Massachusetts, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Barney Frank, I believe, was a, a senator or congressman from Massachusetts. I mean, all their laws are geared towards, um, like, looking out for the little guy. You know what I mean? Anti-business, anti... Just, you know, like, you in Massachusetts... Like, if you're a debt collector, you can only call, like, twice a week. They have, like, a very, you know, um, they have, like, one of the most strict laws of how you can approach somebody to collect debt. They've got all these kind of disclaimers for insurance and banking, like, that you got to do extra stuff. And it's it's like that usually in um, Massachusetts and California is another one of those states where there's all these consumer protections. Like, there's, there's this huge bureaucracy and all of these laws that are implemented specifically to try to like look out for the little guy and and kind of you know make business out to be the bad guy but it's hilarious to me that that in that state you know like if it happened in florida if it happened in louisiana if it happened in georgia okay i kind of understand in massachusetts in massachusetts you're indicting this dude yeah like that that just lets you know it doesn't matter as much as you want to try to paint or they want to try to paint themselves like as the the democratic party or or the liberal liberal end of the political spectrum as like looking out for the little guy when it comes to the money no absolutely not throwing this the republicans and democrats are absolutely on the same side and you would think that would be a state where they would be looking out and try to protect him but nah they they're more than happy to throw him under the bus in service to like the uh, to wall street it's crazy to be. That's disgusting, dude. It's disgusting. Well, we got. I think. Uh, I think uh, surreal is gonna, is gonna tap in with us for a little bit here. Lovely. He just messaged me, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can loop him in real quick. Yeah, I'm I'm happy that shit went down the way it did, and I hope they're just a little bit quieter about it next time, and I can catch wind of it and and make it come up. But you're just oh, not gonna be able to uh, talk as loud as they did before. I'm subscribed to the Reddit page now. Anytime I, there's a Wall Street Bets Reddit post or whatever, I get my little notification on my phone. I'm paying attention now. Yeah, I'm always looking. I'm not into the. Uh, I'm not on the Reddit thing, but I have been found uh, finding a few people on Twitter who were like giving picks and giving some analysis and shit like that. I'm just trying to take in as much as I can and see where the overlap is. You know what felt good though? I ain't gonna front is one of the guys that I watch. I think his name is Chris Sane, uh, mm-hmm. that I listened to his stock tips. He just talked about uh, Caster yesterday. And and that made me feel good. I, well, all I see stuff a lot I've of people posting on it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, a lot finally. of people are posting. A lot of people are posting on it. 
um, and talking about buying into it now. So they they expect way more upside to it. And with it being so cheap, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I get I get weary of uh, any any of those penny stocks. Anything that's that low, I, I just I get fearful I of. But if I, I would have jumped in when you told me to jump in, yeah, I would have tripled my money already. Yeah, that Syndagram worked out for me, pretty nice. Dope, dope. That one that one doubled for me, and then I jumped ship. There he is, yo. What up, bro? Yo, I miss uh, I miss Dan's naked Instagram photos. I've been <laughs> wondering where those were at. <laughs> You've been taking naked Instagram pictures, yeah. Yeah, man. He was like, it was, uh, it was on. He was like on J date, but it was the naked version of J date. <laughs> J date. J date. That, that sounds like a real joint. thing. That it, is. Like, it, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on joint. there. I'm He's on, on there trying to find in case, his next wife. In case, in case my girl acts up and uh, and I got to get a, a quick rebound. I'm on J date. Yeah. That's you got a sheet. You got a sheet with a hole cut in it. <laughs> that's pretty much the only thing i know about that they that call area. they call that that's a sexual device they call the tabernacle i love it yeah beautiful i need to get all right this one. started off hella racist i sound so anti-semitic right now it's bro crazy. listen this is no, part no, of the you course. have to pass this is oh, yeah. part of the course on this show i, I hereby <laughs> inoculate the both of you from all charges of anti-semitism Henceforth, from now into all perpetuity, in, in perpetuity throughout the universe. So help See, me God. We're good. Sweet. Go. Good. Sweet. We're clean, yo. Yeah, man. What y'all, <laughs> so what y'all up to, man? How you been? Just talking shit over here, man. Just figuring out how how uh, how silly helium balloons are. Mm. And, uh, shit like that. You know, <laughs> we just I just figured out. I didn't know that uh, helium comes from a, a radioactive decay. Mm. And people just take that and put it in balloons made of rubber that take like a hundred years to biodegrade into the soil, and then we <laughs> pop them and, and let them go, and they fly all over the place. And it's like, what the fuck? Are we well, doing? how else are you gonna play pin the tail on the donkey though? Because <laughs> that's I mean, what's important. That takes that takes precedence over you know the biosphere. Yeah, who cares about all of that shit? I need a, <laughs> I, I need a pink sphere that floats. I can give it to my kid, and it's unbelievable. Well, and then also, we you ever do the helium? You know, where you do the high pitch voice? Yep. Been, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, watch how funny decay. this is. Let me exactly. Radioactive decay. Inhale some Chernobyl fumes and show you this funny <laughs> shit I can do. Oh, this is completely safe for children. Yeah, I love it, dude. I love it. This is wow. what we do with ourselves. These are humans. Humans yeah. are taking shit like that and just sticking it in, and the clown sells them to you. Oh man, we do. There's a metaphor in there somewhere. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm absolutely. We anyway, we're gonna be making. Uh, we're gonna make biodegradable balloons. Oh, that, that'll help a little bit. Yeah, that'll help a yeah. little bit. And then sell them on Amazon, and it won't matter because you're selling them on Amazon. Right. Somebody. <laughs> anything we take the market is with the devil. So it's like, yeah. all right, how do I do this without being a fucking total piece of shit, and and doing it, you know. Doing it in a way that's sustainable. It's almost impossible. Yeah. You go how, spend fifteen dollars on a crate of eggs because you want farm raised eggs. It's like, why is this twenty dollars? And the ones at Rite Aid are like two ninety nine. It's like because those chickens so have chronic exactly. depression. <laughs> yeah, chronic depression. <laughs> chickens, to antibiotics. <laughs> those chickens are bipolar, dude. They're fucking suicidal. Yeah. Right. So if you want oh, suicidal, bipolar, depressed eggs, then go there for it. There you go. They're three bucks. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but if you want that whole food uh, bougie nose in the air, you want those eggs. Oh, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna pay. If you want to have exactly. some self-respect with your breakfast, you're going to pay. <clears throat> yep. And, and then I was listening to something. Uh, it was Russell Brand and, you know, talking about the farming in India and all the stuff with Bill Gates and, and how they're trying to co-opt all the soil and stuff over there. And it was just like, God, man, they just can't keep their hands when they get to that level and have that much mobility. They get bored and they're like, all right, we got all these resources. Like, how do we control more? And I think that's just part of the challenge of making money is because it offers you all of this like freedom in a way that if you're not centered and have like a, a more of a like integrated consciousness, you just tend to become more isolated and want to build the wall higher, whatever that wall is. I don't mean a legitimate wall. So the farming thing is really interesting right now. I think it's the thing that, and obviously you know that, Don, but most people are so unaware of. I heard somebody say, You'll go meet your mechanic to fix your car, but you don't know the dude who, you know, grows your food. Right. Like, what kind of shit is that? And I'm like, wow, we really, it really is so backwards. Yeah. You know, yeah, it really that's right. Is. Yeah. Yeah. You There's see, they get like uprising in India. Oh, yeah. I think they brought like charges against Greta Thunberg. Yep. She's not allowed over there. <laughs> like, yeah. They well, were uh, yeah, that's the her. government, though. But the farmers are are fighting fighting to try to keep their subsidies because most of them only own, own like five acres. So they, they need, they need that support. You know, they need that support. And it's not exactly the same as it is over here. Their system's a little different, but I think 12,000 of them have committed suicide since like October of last year or some shit or mid last year when all this happened. Cause it was like, okay, I don't have anything left. They're like killing themselves, you know? That's crazy, though. Um, but yeah, man, it's and that all ties into like what we were joking about, like the way that we allow our need for convenience to just kind of supersede any logical reasoning around like holistic living. It's yeah. like, yeah, there's anything I can get that's gonna speed speed this up, you know. It's like I, I'm I'm guilty of it, dude. I ordered paper towels oh, on Amazon earlier today because it was same day, and I didn't want to drive three minutes to buy my paper towels. Like I'm right. caught in it too. We you all know? are. We all. Are. And after oh. a while, it becomes less about the convenience and more about the fear of understanding that you can't remove those conveniences anymore mm -hmm. because you so we're so far away from a place where we can take care of ourselves. You tell people they have to start growing their own food in any capacity, like any capacity at all. It's right. gonna, yeah, it's gonna be a wrap. They're gonna be like, I can't fucking put seeds in the ground. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's rough. The well, fear. it's the antithesis of same day delivery, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's Absolutely. like five-year delivery. <laughs> by drone. Yeah. Like, Let's send you some lettuce by drone for $8. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. What it's a good business say, model, though. No, but what, what, is, what is the extent of Amazon's evil? I mean, bro, uh, I, don't, I mean, decimating community? We could start there. You know, all the mom-and-pop shops bicycle whatever fucking jewelry those shits are all drying up because you can get it cheaper walmart walmart target i mean robot yeah what well, but walmart has already kind of done that yeah but let's be clear brick and mortar cannot compete with what amazon does you you couldn't have enough stores to compete no, with amazon can't. right now well that, so that's they what created a model they're not going to suck up those businesses necessarily because those are behemoths as well 
Correct. But, you know, the local baker or, you know, I'm, I live in Lar- this area called Larchmont. So many, obviously the pandemic doesn't help, but I'm, everything's closing, you know, and look, congratulations, man. You know, you passed go. <laughs> now what? And you start there, that trickles down to all kinds of ethical issues around community, which is what's wrong with humans right now. Ultimately, is we don't know how to live together. It's been the problem from the beginning. We have to figure it out. You know, that's the issue is learning how to love one another and be compassionate. And we need that, you know, local woman who's been here for 40 years that has the dope bread. Like that can't go. Like we, if we lose that, we lose a large part of what makes us human. And if that's if we're going towards a singularity. Great. Strap in. We don't have to fight it. <laughs> Thank you, Amazon, for my same day delivery. But I, I like humans. I like the way humans do community when it's done well. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's connected right. to commerce. But that all has to also come from a commitment from people, because that essentially is what it comes down to. I mean, aside from the fact that, especially where you're at, like it's particularly harsh with the lockdowns that's that's helping places like Walmart and Amazon thrive while hurting everybody else. But I mean, really, if there's a commitment from the community to do business uh, with these uh, places that they want to keep in business, those businesses will will stay afloat. There's there's not that level of um, at at this point, it seems people's desire for convenience um, trumps completely any obligation they may feel to sustain a community in that way. Right. But so my question you, to you, yeah. though, my my question to you would be. Do we not hold Amazon, quote unquote, the collective conscious, corporate, right? That's what corporate is, is a collective. Do we not hold that accountable as well? Because it can't just be just the individual. That isn't the way it works. There has to be accountability at the top as well. That's what's that's that's literally the hallmark of leadership is recognizing. And that's what, what we're we're seeing in economics right now. The big shift is is this good for the company? Sure. Put that here. That's profitable. Is this good for the culture? Put that here. That that's maybe not as profitable. Is this good for the planet? Oof. The margins get low. But right. what really matters, right? So why isn't there accountability with those level of decisions, which, by the way, have a much larger reach than Joe Smith committing to go to Betty's Bakery? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I hear you. I love democracy. But it, it's going to take a bit of both. And, to, and, and right now, the issue isn't necessarily with individuals all the time. I think a lot of people want better things. But if it's not on the menu, how do you order it? Or and you don't know where to order it, especially in a food desert like South Los Angeles. All there are are 7-Elevens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, that's, what's that? How do we fix that? I well, guess the, all, question, all... The, real, the question is, what's the two things? What's the incentive for the company to, to consider anything other than bottom line, you know, serving their, their, uh, their board and their investors and shit like that? And then what, what could anybody from the outside implement on that business or the people in the culture of that business to make them consider that without, re- without infringing on quote unquote freedom and their rights and free market, all that kind of conceptual shit. Like what what could anybody do from the outside to to rein that in? I mean it's a that's a great question. I mean I have I think crypto can help, you know, and and, and especially when you see 
like when you start to see like the GameStop thing, right? Where, okay, great, Dan, they did it. They did what you said they should do. And what happened? They got shut down. They got shut down for doing the exact thing the corporation gets fucking loaded off of. Right. Right. So it's stacked. <clears throat> and so regulations, and now they, and they were calling for regulations. The people who hate regulations. Right. Right. We're calling. Well, oh, there you go. Proof that is the best case point example of why change gets thwarted when people mobilize, you know, and you see that with the virus. Come on, man. It's like the, there's a programmer of the game and then there's the people who are in the game, right? And you can make certain choices as Laura Croft, but you can't run past that one spot in the game that hasn't been built yet. You just can't. It's impossible, right? So we have to ask and force there to be better programming, <laughs> period. Well, and there, there, I don't know how to do that necessarily. You know, well, I, I don't have the answer. Well, you're right about the GameStop thing with selective enforcement. And we see that all the time. So there's a lot of hedge fund managers. There was that dude, I think his name was Paul Singer, who uh, helped bring about that crash that happened in February over the coronavirus. And I think he made like $2 billion off of getting everybody scared, and then he bet against the market, right? right? So there is market manipulation, and we were just talking about this earlier, I'd like with news organizations. I wouldn't just say there is. I think that's well, the majority there, of what's going on. There's institutional market manipulation. We we accept when hedge funds and people on Wall Street manipulate the market, and it, the selective enforcement is uh, when some guy does it on Wall Street bets. And there's a whole bunch of regular people. I mean, one kid, his mom invested like um, 3000 for him and he walked away with like 50 grand, right? So when you got the little people winning like that, then all of a sudden, like you said, you're right. Now they're calling for regulation, but it's just selective enforcement. Power is always going to protect itself. Well, that, but, but that's what I'm getting at, though, is that that needs to be policed by someone who's not in that way. There needs to be a higher you know, a par- almost a parental interjection. Right, because- but, that, but that's a different dynamic than consumerism. With consumerism, we're making our choices. Like, I, I try to shop less at Amazon now, you know, and as much, you know, you just ordered something from Amazon. Yeah, we're all, but the, the bottom line is, is that they've come up with something that's so convenient that so many people want. They didn't, Jeff Bezos didn't get rich you know, like in a vacuum. It was in the context of meeting the needs that consumers right, right. want. But you're so aware. Have you ever collectively seen, made him rich. Have you ever seen the movie The Shining? Yes. Okay, so you know he worked with all the high-level advertisers in the advertising industry to create that film. And there's all kinds of things in that film that are scaring the fuck out of you that you don't even notice. So there's a documentary called, I think, Room... 236 or yeah, yeah. 37 something like that brother yeah. i've been in advertising for 15 years it's magic <laughs> so they are manipulating consciousness period point blank there really is no argument so sure so yes there's a choice but people are hypnotized man and that's the thing like i was living in south la for a year and a half i'd have to drive 35 minutes to get a salad that wasn't at mcdonald's right and that has an effect on consciousness and it's done for a reason. Now I'm not saying, look, there's all these like people twisting their mustache. I'm sure there are those people. I'm not saying it's like 
lizard people, manipulate whatever, whatever, right? It, but it is an issue that if we don't address it on the larger scale, you can't expect people to be hopeful at the very least that anything's going to change. And so I hear you. I'm all about individual uh, accountability, bro. I've done a lot of work on myself and I recognize it's connected. For me to heal my family, I have to heal myself first. It doesn't work if I don't. So I have to do the work first, then I can offer that healing or through osmosis, my family starts to heal. So I understand that, but that's because I'm educated and have access to certain things and have broken away from certain lifestyle choices and, and stuff like that. But that takes, for me, it took uh, inner intervention at a higher level. There were people who showed me the way. It wasn't like I just decided to heal, right? You have to know what to heal. People aren't being offered that. And that's very clear with the virus. They're like, oh, take the vaccine. And they're not talking about blood pressure. They're not talking about diabetes. Why do you think that is? You don't think that that's on purpose? You don't think that there's nefarious forces that want to prop up the medical industry and have people remain sick? Just that. Like, that's one thing in our culture that systemically is fucking, you know, Skynet, bro. That's where we're at. I, I, unfortunately. I think, I, think there's, I think there's definitely some corruption, but I mean, there's stories where they've tried to build Whole Foods in places that are food deserts. And the community had an uprising and they didn't want it, it in their neighborhood. They can't afford yeah. it. But they so, can't afford it. But you can. I mean, I I went to the store. I bought some bananas. They were like, like, like thirty, forty cents. They are now but because Amazon bought cheap. them. Well, they are now because Amazon bought Whole Foods. It's different now. But when they first tried to take Whole Foods or Sprouts into the hood, mm -hmm. that shit was super expensive, and it's still. So if, if, you're trying to eat, more if you're trying to eat clean less. food, it is going to be a little bit more expensive. You're going to pay $10 right. a pound for ground beef that's actually good, organic, grass-fed right. ground beef. Here's the big you're, difference. Sunny Delight doesn't even exist in Whole Foods. It's not even in the right. store. So when you walk, and that's what I'm talking about, subtle programming. You walk in and all that's in Food for Less is diabetes. That's it. That's for it. sure. Or a gas so, station. So why the thing there is like you have a choice, pull it up by your bootstraps, like <sighs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But it takes a level of awareness that is impossible to penetrate sometimes from that from that direction. Like, oh, sit down, let me tell you what's good for you. Now do it. And, it, and their entire family's been eating this way. They've been eating honey buns their whole life. Yeah, you know, that's it's it like, right there. It yeah. goes both ways. It's it's the fact that you you don't really have access, and also it's a cultural thing. It's a generational thing. So if it wasn't cultural and generational, you might have the consciousness right. to say, "Fuck it, right. let me just drive exactly. to thirty five minutes to go get the green, the spinach, and shit like that." And why but, is that, Don? Yeah, why but is because it it's been like that? <laughs> yeah, because these places, it's the it's the cost of property and everything else is people don't think it's worth it to put a full-fledged grocery store right in the hood because they losing 70 65 to 70 percent of their customers because a lot of people not going to come to the hood 
to go shopping at the at the grocery store. But if you put the grocery store in a quote unquote neutral area, it's a little bit farther away from the hood. It's a little bit, you know, it's a, it's a little ways from the actual suburbs and shit. It's right in the middle. So both people have to go to it. But if you stick it right in the hood, I mean, come on. It's like anything else. You got to have fucking bulletproof windows in it. Yeah. <laughs> like the Chinese food stores. Like the Chinese food stores right. got the bulletproof plexiglass well, everywhere. And, well, here's even a, a larger question again, and I don't mean to be like uh, owning the combo, but the the why are those neighborhoods less educated around nutrition why do you think that is it's american history just go back a few hundred years people weren't educated in those communities they weren't they were those folks their ancestors were eating pig buttholes because that's all they were allowed to eat and i don't mean to be crass but that is also connected to what systemic manipulation of consciousness it's the same thing it's the same thing it's all connected. And, and now we're like 400 years later, fuck racism. Oh, cool. That shit is calloused over. <laughs> like, there's fresher wounds for, not that we don't need to be fighting that, but I'm saying they're a little late on that. You know, yeah. let's not wait that long around social media addiction or like, let's not wait another 400 years to be like, hmm, corporations being able to act like an individual might be a little fucked up, you know? Yeah. Let's I not see wait the same thing around here. We don't here, have though, that much time. I see the same thing where I live at around here, and this is like rural area and shit out in the woods, but you're definitely going to get to a gas station and a hungry Howie's before yeah. you get to an actual grocery store. It's not just black folks. That's not. No, not no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's, it's poor people in general. In general, and, right. You know, it's definitely, I see the same shit. And you just have to have, like you said, you got to cultivate the consciousness to say, this is, I'm just not going to stop here. I just got to go a few, you know, a few more miles, you know what I'm saying? And I'll get to somewhere where I can at least try to make some decent decisions. But it's, yeah, and and also food is connected to a lot of nostalgia. And yeah, a lot of that shit. So people are eating the shit that, it's it's just like consuming (laughs) uh, reality TV for escapism. You know, people go to the store and they shopping cart ain't got nothing in it but blue and red. And by the way, Dan, I'm not disagreeing. It is both. It is also that people have to be stronger. I agree with that, man. Absolutely, unequivocally. But it has to be almost like Malcolm and Martin. You couldn't have had the civil rights movement without both. A lot of people don't realize, and you guys know this, but a lot of people in in culture don't realize the only reason Martin worked is because the only other option was Malcolm. So there has to be that polarity of like, no, 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 you corporate motherfuckers. And it's happening whether they like it or not now, though, like, look at what's happening because the, the consciousness and the vibration of the planet is raising where we're starting to see behind the curtain a lot more. Like the, the Robin Hood thing was one of many with, and Harvey Weinstein and all the things that have come to light over the past five or six years. You're like, oh, it really is fucked up over there. <laughs> they yeah. really are depraved. You know what I'm saying? They really are like they, they, they are sick at that time up there. So the people down here are sick with diabetes. The people up there are sick with psychopathy. Yeah. They're all sick. You know what I'm saying? We're all sick. I mean, Elijah Muhammad's How to Eat to Live. I mean, I don't know when that book was first published, but the idea that knowledge isn't out there for all people is, I don't know. It, it, it's a little, it's a little too paternalistic to me. I know that there is, definitely forces at work that don't care whether they're making money at somebody's expense or they're doing things like you said the margins are going to shrink when you start taking into consideration 
okay, is this product going to make money? What kind of damage is it going to do to humanity and culture? What kind of damage is it going to do to the planet? And obviously those are, are ancillary concerns relative to, is it going to make money, right? So I can't be mad at Jeff Bezos for making money the way that he's making money because at the end of the day, in America at least anyway, everybody gets what they want. Like sports are popular, not because they're doing anything to really make humanity better or, or to educate us. It's because that's what people want to pay, put their intellectual energy on. I would I say wanna, sports, I want... is, sports is more educational than Amazon. It's cultural. Sports may be more educational than, than Amazon, but you're, you're not going to, by, by knowing another man's statistics. No, nah, right? their story is knowing... much deeper than that, man. It's, it's, it's story, it's narrative. You know, that's some, some Plato shit, bro. Sports is Shakespeare. So you, you can't, that's what people are attracted to. Yeah, it's cool to see these muscular dudes fight it out or play football, but what you're into is the narrative. You know, I mean, if, 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 if it's crafting world peace or curing cancer and I'm missing it, I apologize. I mean, Kaepernick but counts. You know, it, Bezos ain't taking a knee. It's, Ka it, oh, it, Ka yeah. Ka Kaepernick, divide. he created exactly. an entire situation. So did Muhammad Ali. So did the, the dudes at the fucking go, Olympics with their hands up. Bezos the world is just to go a head, fucking head Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> You know, but that's I also mean, a that's also the narrative too. Because yeah, look how much 100%. look how much there is to talk about with people figuring out what what he should be doing with the money, whether or not look, it was ethical for him to even have that much yeah. money. That's and, a that's a big conversation right now. And, and, and I and I appreciate so Muhammad Ali and John Carlos did not get an eighty million dollar shoe contract from shoes made from slave children. So the idea that there's a moral high ground in taking up the mantle of Black Lives Matter, but then so many of these people connected to Nike are staying silent about the Hong Kong police brutality. Let you know that it's selective, just like there's selective law enforcement, sure. people sure. have selective morality, and it's yeah. all along the same thing. They're but I'm not line. saying Bezos is the boogeyman. What I'm saying, but is but that, what I'm but what I'm saying is is that he's the way that he made money is because he gave somebody, he gave a lot of people something that they want. And I wasn't trying to disparage sports, right? I was just trying to make the point that in the big scheme of things, sports really isn't that valuable to human existence. They're not as valuable to human existence as farmers, right? But you're not going to have a farmer getting a twenty-two million dollar shoe contract, right? And so people complain like, oh, if we pay teachers as much as we pay sports stars, like I get the sentiment. But at the end of the day, the teacher isn't as valuable to the marketplace as the sports star because the sports star is validation that that's where human attention and human priority is. If human priority and human attention was on doing business with their local community, on nutrition, on education, if that's where people's consciousness and focus and sincere energy was being placed, then those things would have to emerge as being more profitable in the marketplace. And well, you're you seeing could that make those now, kind of people. Yeah. I, I think you're you're seeing the beginning of the shift, but and and you never have to feel like uh you need to apologize for any kind of this is nothing but chaos and conflict. This is what we do now. Oh dude, I'm not tripping. Yeah, I'm not yeah, we could knock out, drag out, disagree, and you know it's all love. It's not a problem at all. Of course. Um, and and I think essentially we want the same things and we're looking at the same things and pretty much are on the same page about a of lot course. of this. 
Yeah. I, I just think right now in the culture, um, we need way more focus on what we need to do as individuals, like the things that you guys talk about with the self-work, self-actualization, self-healing, dealing with your own trauma so you can help other people. That's for sure. But I think it's so easy for us right now to just point at, oh, Citizens United, corporations are people. This dude is a billionaire. That dude is a billionaire. Mm-mm. If they were billionaires and they were investing that capital in ways that were more productive, right? I don't think Jeff Bezos having a billion dollars is bad because if you had a billion dollars or Bongo had a billion dollars, I think you would wield it in a much more righteous way. So I, I don't, I don't want to throw the baby out. No, this isn't part. about uh, being rich. Let me clarify that. I'm not saying, hopefully my sentiment wasn't that money is the problem. It, it is um, awareness is the problem. And I feel like personally, on, on a personal level, Jeff Bezos is way less aware of his surroundings, of community, of human interaction than someone like Elon Musk. And I, and I think that yeah, and I don't what's think happening cares at all. What's happening right now is we're starting to see, oh, Elon is about to be the rich, one of the richest people in the world. His company almost went totally bankrupt in 2008 because nobody gave a fuck, right? And he held on and now something that's about, and that's their mission. Granted, they're making pretty fly-ass cars and flying to space, but their mission statement is sustainable energy. That's where they're coming right. from. And so, yeah, man, like getting people their dildos in a day is powerful. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's how you make a billion dollars. You know right what I'm there. saying? You've been, go, you been going through my dildos. Amazon shopping list? Yeah. No, nah, you just look at mine, man. Shit. <laughs> 2021, man. I'm trying to get Same some action. Day. That solves all the world's problems right there. It's it's the standards. It's the standards that humanity doesn't have that leaves room for this shit. And like you said, things are changing right now. The fact that that our eye is so much on Elon Musk for and pretty much for the same reasons you you hear more uh you hear more diverse conversation about Elon Musk than you do about Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos the only time you ever hear his name is either on some list of the richest people in the world or people complaining about billionaires. Whereas yeah, Elon Musk true. is in yeah. 50, 60, 70 different conversations about all kinds of shit. So well, it's good that we're shifting other shit though. I mean Yeah, it's good that we're yeah. shifting the attention to people like that. But the the bottom line is humanity needs a higher standard in who we create celebrity around and what right. type of behaviors we accept with people. If you yeah. get a the, the old the rich evil miser shit has to get flushed down the toilet. He can't be the guy that people want to kiss his ass and stand next to him in pictures. If you're that type of dude, we should want to avoid you. I don't want you on my Snapchat chat because my my social credit score is going to go down. I don't want to fuck right. with you like that. Once well, to Dan's point, that's the only way work. that's going to happen is if the people stop using Amazon. Like, I, I agree with that. Like, if we all just stopped using Amazon and it wasn't the way to do commerce and, and, and all that, he would cease to be relevant. So I, I understand that. You know, I do. But I'm also a fan of accountability at the highest levels. And, and, I, and, and when you see it try to get implemented, it's terrifying. If somebody... Look, he wasn't perfect, but when you saw Obama go into presidency, he he looked like Sugar Ray, young Sugar Ray Leonard. And when he came out, he looked like old Sugar Ray Leonard and got beat the fuck up in eight years. You know, you can't go in there and he had all these this hope and we're going to change this, even though I know it's a narrative, it's, it's sculpted. But if a guy like that, who is brilliant Rhodes scholar, who seems to be emotionally aware and truly want what's good for people, couldn't go in as the president and make any change. 
it's hard to believe that they're not gridlocked up there. Like it, it, there's just no room to have these conversations and for it to be on. It's like David, and, I'm tired. Like, why does it always have to be David who threw the, the one stone? Why is that always the story? How uh, come, the, the story how come Goliath from didn't, in Egypt you know, just, it didn't make the cut? You know, how come Goliath can't have a hernia and like go to a knee and it'd be like, oh, yeah, this this thing, it, it needs to be accountable for itself. Because that's what we're asking of the individual, right? We're asking the individual to be accountable. Hey, eat better, buy better products, you know, uh, don't beat your kids, whatever it is. But we don't, we can't have that same, you know, feeling towards the corporation. And and they, you know, do these huge business crimes and, and make $800 million, steal $800 million and don't see a day in jail. But the homie on the street that was selling uh, a quarter ounce of weed five years ago, still in jail. It's yeah. like, wow, man, it's so funny. I mean, it's so obviously fucked you know, up. So you know why? Forced- it's because the it's because the corporations, all of that shit is tied to other people's participation from the top to the bottom. So if you fuck up the rainforest and shit like that and there's still going to be a company that buys all that wood from you for cheap. And that right, wood is right, all right. still going to end up at Home Depot. And all the people who are building houses are going to buy that wood from Home Depot. It's a lot harder to hold people, to hold to, to try to hold them accountable for certain behaviors when all of their product is gone and their stock price is high and everything's going well for them. The way social shit is right now, the social justice thing, you got to get crashed you know, for doing something or saying something wrong, and then they get to bring you down. Yeah. But if you up, yeah. if you up, there's nothing they can say to you because all your shit's working. Wait till I get working. my money right. You know, yeah, money yeah, yeah. protects you, right? Yeah. yeah. All your if all your yeah. shit's working and clicking and everything's going good for you, there's nothing you can say. There's nothing anybody could say. No matter what your product is or how you, there's nothing anybody can say because it's working. And we've already decided, we've agreed as a society that if you're making money, whatever you're doing, right, especially legally. And and to a degree, illegally too, because we make a lot of concessions for, you know, the richest of the rich drug dealers. You know, the the guys who sold hundreds of millions of dollars worth of drugs still get interviewed on TV. The the guy who was selling 50 sacks. Who's that? The, the family that made billions off of uh, opioids. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. They, and they won't. They won't see any, yeah. you know. But I they also want to tell you, man, like, I've had a very abundant season. And I've, I'm operating in a whole other realm now, right? And, and I can tell you that getting money is a good thing. I, I, 100%. Oh, and yeah. if, it, it wouldn't matter if it was shillings or the dollar bill. It's understanding how to collect energy you know, and, and, and use it. And now like we, because we're awake and conscious and I guess that's where my, not vitriol, but where my passion comes from about holding, not just the corporations, but that kind of thinking accountable is because it's time to pass the motherfucking baton. Give us the baton. We have hearts for other people. We care about each other. We're well read, hand us the money. It's time for us to launder that money now. Like, let's clean it. Let's take it and clean it. Let's build. And that's what Elon is doing. He's in the dirtiest business there is, like metaphorically, lyrically, whatever. Dude, dirty energy, bro. There will be blood. He's in the energy business. That's as dirty as it gets, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's washing, legitimately washing the money. And that's that's what's most inspiring about a guy like that. And, and he's beloved, though, too. 
Well, like yeah. The way that people feel about Elon Musk, the, Jeff Bezos does not share that same social well, sentiment. You know, but Jeff looks Jeff looks like like a, a you know a, a, a toad without its shell, and fucking <laughs> Elon looks like a weightlifting like you know Norwegian fucking volleyball player. So some of it is just Bezos fits the, and I, I'm with you. He fits that narrative, but it it, it is. Yeah, I just find But it it's also be... attitude. I mean, Jeff Bezos, he has enough money to walk away, right? I mean, he was the richest. He made his wife one of the top five richest human beings on the planet when she divorced him. And he was like, I need all of it back. And he got all of it back plus some <laughs> during the pandemic. And so I, I, his attitude is, I don't think enough. And, and what is he, what is the problem that he's solving is, People want shit that they don't need and they want it as fast as possible. They don't have the delayed gratification to maybe, you know, um, uh, avoid drive to sprouts. I did it today. I did it today. Their... Right. So the yeah. way that he's making his money is solving a problem for a very ugly need of humans. Yeah. And the humans at their worst. Whereas I think what um, Elon's doing is he is really trying to um, develop technologies that are going to actually um, help us get to where we want to go in ways where it's not going to be money by any means. It's not going to be a product, no yeah. matter the the negative fallout or the the horrible atrocities it creates, right? So I think he represents that new paradigm and thinking. And so I do think we, though. That's why so he do we. enjoys that 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 so that positive social sentiment. I think people pick up on that, and and I I I think that is a clear sign that things are moving in the direction they need to that that he's not hated just because he and i think he was the richest man for well, he a little is right bit, now for like a elon musk is considered yeah. the richest man on the planet right now because of the stock of tesla and how fast right. it's growing i have a friend who's the uh close friend of mine and uh we're actually going to be potentially starting a podcast together he's the lead um product designer at uh, at tesla and he he had he, you know he was making good money just with that right he's probably making i don't know you'd figure he's making six figures at, of some sort right mid six figures or low mid and he but they gave him i don't know how many stock options when he became in that position and he's like uh he's got to be he's like millionaire now at least right but but you know what he's doing he's building a healing center in Joshua Tree you know, he's building a, a center to bring people out and give them, you know, sick people like salt baths and do sound healing and do medicine work. He's one of my medicine brothers. And so that's what I'm like, yo, that's what we got to be about, because the intention right right now, especially your intention to make money matters more than the money itself. It, there has to be an intention if it's just to be comfortable you know, I'm not telling you you're a bad person, but that isn't what, like, look at Elon. Elon isn't just trying to be a million. He's, I'm telling you, he's not just trying to be a billionaire. He's trying to change the world. He's trying to make it a better place, make it safer for children, maybe get the fuck out of Dodge if the earth becomes unsustainable. He's thinking about the the, the, the species. And, and, and that right now is where I think we have an opportunity to be super rich because what's more profitable than health and wellness? There is nothing else. It is the currency. Without it, it doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank. Right. You're in the grave. People so, are understanding that more now than ever. Heal. Healing is, you know, you can make a lot of money, man. 
<laughs> you're just, just selling healing. It's, you know, it's this shit right here sells itself. Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, so how long have self help books been some of the, the top rated, you know, some of the New best selling time. things ever? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So people been selling the concept of healing for a long time. That shit makes a lot of money. This is the one of the major issues with the uh, the medical, the whole oh. medical pharmaceutical, like they whole shit oh. is fucked up because they can make. How, how, you're not gonna haggle over the price that it takes to keep you alive. No, right? you can't. You have yeah. no grounds. You know what? Let me get. Can I have just one chicken wing? Like you right. can't do that. You right. can't. You, you need, can't do Chris Rock and, and, and. But they yeah. will give you a different price once they find out you don't have insurance. That thirty thousand. Oh, dude, that's not. That's a whole other onion to peel, man. Two grand. <laughs> the medicine thing. That's what I'm saying, though, Dan. That's another that there's another pillar of our society that's like, yo, how is this not how is this not regulated better? Like, how is this privatized medicine? How can we not look? You may not like their politics. How can we not look at Cuba's healthcare system, even though it's not perfect? But look at the way they do it. Look at the uh, NFS and all that. Like, it's not perfect, but it is better. And and because we have this free market mentality, because the, the you know you got the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory golden ticket out there, you could be a billionaire too if you get a ticket. So fuck everybody else. Like wait for your ticket. We're in this like game waiting on our chocolate bar while everybody's dying. You know what I'm saying? That metaphor is hilarious because then Uncle whatever's in the bed and can't even walk, and you're waiting on your little ticket. You know it's like. Bro, that, again, is that illusion of separateness, of, like, it don't really matter what's going on with everyone else. It doesn't matter. As long as I, I can be a billionaire. You know, most people who want to be billionaires, for the most part, at least 10 years ago, probably, the only reason they wanted to be a billionaire, you ready? Drum roll, to be a billionaire. That's it. That's it. They just want to be a billionaire. <laughs> they want to be and rich. they want all the decadence that comes with exactly. it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying. But that's, that's a, you know, that's not the long game, man. And that's what we're starting to understand with metaphysics. And now that physics are bursting at the seams around dimensionality and how many dimensions are there? Oh, shit, there's multiple potentials. It isn't just this one third dimensional slow ass experience. There's all this other shit going on. Maybe we need to play longer games that matter, that really matter in the long, long run over millennia. We need to think like that. You know what I'm saying? And then that's We're starting to see it be beneficial. We're starting to see it finally be beneficial. People who think differently, people who act differently in the world are having a, a real opportunity to get rich and show us an alternative. But before, all we had was the cutthroat businessman who made $100 million by fucking people over. That's, that's all we had for a long time. Now, that's why people like Elon Musk is so important because he's an alternative. Changing the to, game, yeah. Right. He's an alternative to the old paradigm. And people yeah. just need to see it. Until they see it, you can't, you can tell people forever, oh, you don't have to be this way to get that much money. You can actually be a compassionate right. human. Right. They're like, nah, right. fuck that shit you're talking about. They, they right. need to see it in right. action. They need right. to see people change how they are attracted to people. And what, I think that's a big part of, uh, of the cancel culture shit too as as volatile and ridiculous as it is that's what that's a remnant of is people trying to ask for accountability and human behavior and shit you know it's it's fucked up because all you have to do is say somebody said something or say somebody did something it might not be any evidence it might not even be that serious but the, the public backlash can be so fast and fucking furious right now that a company will just fire you because they don't want to deal with it 
So if you say, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I voted for Trump, I didn't vote for Biden, they're like, yo, fire this motherfucker. You yeah, it's your job yeah. now, and that's and, crazy. And, that's ridiculous. And, and even if he says, I voted for Trump because he actually implemented executive orders to bring down the cost of drugs. Right. If we yeah. could talk about, hey, here's this problem where there's this incredible price gouging. I mean, we we railed against who's your boy, Scarelli. The guy that bought the Wu Tang album. Oh mm-hmm. yes, and yes, he like, he, I don't know if it was an AIDS medication or something. Yeah, it was. He jacked it up yeah. like thousands of percent. Yeah, you know. And so now there was people that were saying, you know, after Biden got into office, yeah, I was paying thirty dollars uh, a month for my insulin, and now it's back up to like six hundred bucks a month. Well, notice you know? though, too, to my point earlier, and there's that subtle magic of controlling the narrative, controlling the story not allowing the 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 real story to emerge right and it's weird because it's flipped on its head because donald trump is the hated scapegoat of america billionaire dude who actually was doing some good things behind the scenes but you'll never hear about that because that doesn't fit the polarization narrative it doesn't it does it's all about keeping the ball out of our hands you know and and that that needs to be regulated you you can't be playing hot potato and be mad at the person who can't catch the hot potato it's like Wait a minute, you keep throwing it back and forth to each other. We have no chance of catching it. What, I got to be fucking Jerry Rice and, like, intercepted and whatever? Like, you know, it's it's crazy. Yo, I hate to do this, but I have a dog now, and, like, I, the only reason I could talk for this short period of time is a puppy, and I've got him kind of oh. out, and I don't want him to tear the house up. I can't stay on <laughs> much longer, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I wanted yeah. to hang longer, but my lady's actually out of town, and I'm on dog daddy duty right now, and I was, like, peeled off because I wanted to talk to you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, he might nah. start wrecking shit. Yeah, he might start tearing shit up, and it'll be my fault, you know? And uh, <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. I'd rather know. live on the corner of the house than inside the house with a quarrelsome woman. So, <laughs> let me tell that, you. That sounds like it was carved on a wall. In it is. That shit's in, uh, that's like in Proverbs, I think. <laughs> it's a, I'm serious. It's a definitely Solomon. So Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a proverb. It's, yeah. better, it's better to live in the corner of a house that a long house with a quarrelsome woman. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Quarrelsome. I love yeah. you guys, though, man. Enjoy yeah, your man. day, man. Bless. So good Thanks to talk to you guys, on, man. I, 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 let's do this more often, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right, brothers. And yeah, I might I be able to get my boy Nadir to call in, too, the dude from Tesla. That might be kind of fun. So maybe he, yeah. and, I, maybe he and I can call in and, and, and chat, and he, you can hear some of the things he's doing. He's he's a dope dude. Yeah, hook oh, it up, man. Awesome. All right, cool. I'll hit you guys later. All right, All right, bro. Peace, All right, brother. Peace. Bless. Later. Yeah, man. That's just crazy. I'm I'm glad uh I'm glad this guy, Elon Musk, is doing exactly what he's doing right now. And I've been seeing a lot of people talking. I've seen news and shit about how the batteries in the cars are just as bad or, you know, shit like that. But it's like I, I feel like maybe it's because people are so endeared to him. I feel like we can make a concession for somebody who's trying to move in the right direction instead of just sticking to the old shit that we've been seeing for all these years that we know is fucking everything up. If this guy's allowed to make these batteries and make a lot of money doing it, they have to improve over time. They got to get better. They have to get more sustainable and all of that kind of shit. So I, I would rather invest in that. than I mean, what's the fucking, what's the gasoline engine doing right now? What's the right Right, because not only that, I mean, who are these impractical absolutists with this silver bullet solution? Like, okay, so you have the you so you you figured out the technology that's gonna be perfect, right? There's gotta be incremental changes. 
So it's a step in the right direction, even if it's not perfect. Even if there's pollution and fallout from it, it's still a step in the right direction. And not only that, he made a lot of people millionaires. Right. I, I think if you put ten grand into Tesla, like only about two years ago, you're a millionaire right now. Wow. You're a millionaire. That's amazing. Which, by the way, I'm up like over two hundred percent on my CCIV Lucid Motors, and nice. the merger hasn't even been announced yet. Right. See, buy the dip, buy the rumor, stick to it. Yeah, and there's thousands of opportunities like that, and they're popping off. You know, and something's setting itself up to pop off every day, bro. Dudes that left Tesla started it. It's is great. It's going. It's through the roof. And the next thing is, um, I think Palantir is the one everybody's yeah, yeah. talking about. And it's evil. I'm sure it helps the government spy on us or find better ways to kill us. But if it's going to double within three to six months and you can take your double and then do something righteous with it. Right. Extract the revenue, extract the revenue, build the alternative. That's it. That's it. There's no other way to do it. I mean, uh, outside of that. On the tablet. Yeah. Outside of that, you're selling your own time. You're selling your time. You're selling your body. You're selling your wellness. You know what I'm saying? This is the simplest groundwork for you to make money with other than i mean you're still gonna have to learn how to read charts and do some technical analysis and you're gonna have to learn shit but as far as ways there is to generate revenue this has to be uh the the lowest impact way that you can generate revenue in your life so to me if you're going to be taking money from the system this is infinitely better than even i don't know even if you're a salary job or whatever if you got to be somewhere as somebody stuff and you you're responsible for creating something and working in some place versus putting time and energy into learning this shit it's a it's a no-brainer for me it's an and we should be taking it from them because to me like that's uh when you work for somebody and they pay you that's one thing or even the intellectual property is it, it's preferable to working for somebody, but it's still a step down in gener- letting your money generate money for you. You know what I mean? Because there still has to be a product created. You got to develop the book. The time it's going to take you to write it and put your mind into it. And you got to get the book printed and it needs resources and paper. And that's a whole lot of shit. It's, it's way better than showing up to somebody's cubicle and sitting there for eight hours a day. But. It, it, the first thing, step one, has to be having your money make the money for you. When you can send money to gather other money and bring it back to you, <laughs> I, this is an ideal situation for humans, bro. Ideal. And I know they want us to keep our nose out of that shit. They don't want us to get, you know, obviously, they don't want us to get super efficient at it. I think that had more, the shit with the GameStop thing, and that guy, I think that has more to do with him publicizing it and making it a game than it did with the actual effort that he put in. Because he could have he could have talked about this with his circle of friends and they could have all brought their family on it. It could have ended up being a thousand people did the same thing. Uh, a family and a bunch of friends got together and done that. I don't know. How, do you know how many people actually bought GameStop stock, like the number of purchases were made? I, I don't, but it, it, it had to be millions. You think it so? Had to, it had to be millions of shares. Absolutely, because I think there was no float. There was like 125% owed on the shorts, meaning they they committed to buy more shares by shorting than shares that existed. 
So, okay, so this is which, this which says, I think is what guaranteed the squeeze. This says about twenty eight percent of America bought GameStop. Wow, that's a lot of fucking people. Talking about almost a hundred million people. Holy shit! And this is, I mean. I don't know for sure, but I'm thinking the uh, the Wall Street bets thing probably only had a couple hundred thousand people following it. No, I think it was like four million or something. Really? Yeah. For a four million person strong Reddit board? God, I, I I think so. I could be wrong. My number. I'm going off the top of my head. I could be wrong. Damn. Okay, but well, yeah, that's a lot of people. Well, what I'm saying is, if there was a way that they didn't uh, completely open, or okay, say it was the same number of people, but they had a private website rather than being on Reddit, because Reddit is such a huge third-party site. If these people had their own .com and did that, it may not have been as bad. But the fact that it people caught on to it and it got so big and it was such a game and it was such a like, yeah, let's stick it to the man kind of energy. I think that's why they're fucking with him. I still don't think they have any legal that's ground. absolutely what it was because you can go to the Motley Fool stock advisor. You can go to Raging Bull. These are all subscription services that you pay for right. to have access to their top traders and they're telling you what they're buying. And so, of course, everybody that belongs to those boards is going to make those buys. So these are groups of people that are agreeing to all purchase shit basically at the same time. So, there, I mean, if, if there's a legal precedent set where this dude gets in trouble, you could start applying that law to a lot of people that have what has been up to this point legitimate, been legitimate businesses. Yeah, that's true. You could screw anybody for damn near anything. But I'm, and, like I said, then, I, I don't think they have yeah. grounds to really convict or punish them of anything. But w- what we know about the, uh, the the justice system is that people can just waste your fucking time and money. Yes. That yes. that is like that's that's a huge thing in the justice system. I've seen uh, stories, people telling stories about how they got sued by a company who knew that they you know that they weren't going to win the lawsuit. But the way they did it, they just dragged it out for so long. The person ended up being out, you know, eighty, hundred thousand dollars, yep. just to defend against the lawsuit. And then at the end, it was like, well, fuck it, never mind. And yep. you just lost a hundred grand. Big corporations, uh, the government can do it to you. The government's ruined a whole bunch of people's lives by just pursuing them, even if it's bullshit charges. You still got to pay for the, your legal defense, and they can just drain you. Mm. Yeah, so, fuck that, bro. It sucks, but yeah. So he's gonna—he's definitely gonna uh, waste some money. I don't think there's a, any any way to avoid him wasting a lot of money. Eh, but for he the made moment, thirteen million, he'll be all right. Yeah, fuck it. They can't—they can't drip you dry for that much. You know, <laughs> they might squeeze him for a couple hundred grand, but uh, yeah, they—they they ain't gonna take him for the whole thing. You made thirteen million dollars. He can coast through that shit. He can put his feet on the table. He can put his feet on the table during the hearing, yo. And that's half of what he originally won, just about. I think at one point he was up like well over twenty million. That's awesome. But he didn't sell. Dude, I'm keeping my eye on this shit. Within the next few weeks, I'm scaling up. I'm listening to this uh to this book, Trading in the Zone. And I'm just I'm learning, I'm trying to get really into this technical analysis thing. I'm just this is just my new part-time job. That's my new part-time job, dude. I'm I'm training to be a fucking day trader, basically. It's, it's great. You need twenty grand in your account 
as the minimum and you can legally be a day trader. Because no that's penalty. like you get more than three trades a day, right? Yes, you can do as much trading as you want. Because Weeble, what's the, is, is three the, the max three, on Weeble? Three in a five-day rolling period. Three trades over five days? Three trades over a five-day rolling period. Wow. Hmm. Okay, I didn't know. I thought it was uh, the max you got was three a day. I didn't know it was three over five days. Yeah, over wow. a five-day rolling period. Yeah, and I've gotten caught up to where I couldn't sell at the point I needed to sell at. That's why I stopped getting into stuff where I knew I was going to it was going to be a quick get in and get out because I've had I've had instances where I forgot that I had already uh, did a day trade before. And I'm like, oh, well, it's Monday. And it's like, yeah, but you did one. You're you're third. It's you're still not out of the five day period. You did three last week, but your last one, you know, it was Wednesday. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, this still counts. Man. Okay, so they don't even, you know, so 20 grand in your account, <laughs> like, we don't want you getting out of hand too quick. Yeah, right, don't, so, don't so the 20 yourself. grand basically covers you to where you have enough capital that they're, they're, they'll let you do it. Um, but I believe you might get taxed differently, but I think one of the workarounds for that, and I'm not giving tax advice, I'm not a financial advisor, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think there's ways where you can claim your trading as you're a part-time business right. and then you get taxed differently so well i'm still not trying to pay the government nothing i'm pocketing all my shit <laughs> so they, they, they're gonna have to come see me fuck that and when once they come see me i feel like i'll have enough money to take care of it because i'm trying to take all that money and put it in other accounts and get my dividend reinvestment program popping i'm like i'm, I'm trying to smuggle and, and sweep as much of that shit under the rug as I can. And then when they come see me, I'll be like, all right, you got me. I'll pay you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pay you, you, but I ain't paying you on a enough. payment plan. I've had to pay them before. Like, I ain't giving stuff. you shit up front, though. Y'all gonna have to come see me. They're gonna have to come knock on my fucking door. As soon as they do, I'm gonna be like, all right, all right, you got me. <laughs> Fuck it. That's what the rest of them do, right? Who's paying taxes up front? They hustle for a bunch of months out of the year that they try to catch up on it with the money that they made. I know how they roll, bro. I know how they roll. They put it in some other shit and get the money back and under the table. You know, you don't want to give too much to the government. They don't you need out, it, bro. You're out juicing me right now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, listen. No, because to... everything you're saying makes perfect sense. I can't find one rational objection to anything that you said. It's like, yeah, well, you're going to pay it anyway, and you still get right. to use that capital in the meantime. Right. And technically, everybody does it. I, I can't I can't find an argument. Yeah, hustle, flip, keep moving, dude. I'm, start, I'm telling you, this money consciousness thing is really starting to take root. I'm getting it. I'm finally getting it, dude. I mean, I knew something. I, I, I was on the, on the path to it for a long time, starting to understand that money is energy and it's not just, you know, paper. It's, it's a consciousness to, to yeah. learning how to attract it and maintain it and everything else. And so, and then when I started recently listening to uh, Trading in the Zone, he's talking a lot about what seems like metaphysics. I mean, the dude said, the trader that you want to become is a future projection of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, wait a minute. I know where this is going. He's talking about this mental metaphysical concept of putting yourself in the mind of a successful trader. And I'm like, I, li I like where this is going, dude. 
I like where this is going. So I'm I'm really starting to get it and see how important this shit is as far as uh making money work for you. Cause we've been told our whole lives that you work for the money. And that's just not the truth of the people with the most money. Nope. That's not how you make large amounts of money and and keep large amounts of money. Outside of being, you know, LeBron James, you know what I'm saying, who technically even that is like a such an exaggerated the dude he, I mean, he's shooting a basketball, he's making hundreds of millions of dollars. Like it doesn't really equate to working for your money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not to say he's not a great athlete or nothing or that he doesn't generate ticket sales and everything else, but he's not working for his money in the same way that a guy who works at a factory is working for his money. It's very different. So uh, the, the people with the most money, they don't get it by just flat out hour for hour working for it. They just know when they get sums of money, they make that, they put that shit to work immediately. They put that shit to work. They go and they, they use debt. You know, they, they tell other people that debt is the worst thing you can have. Then don't, you know, credit card debt, all of this shit. These people use debt on purpose to generate more money. It's it's the exact opposite of what they've been telling people. Or not, maybe maybe not what they've been telling people. I don't want to make it seem like some, some dark plan or some shit, even though it could be. The truth <laughs> is, it's what's been trickling down to the, the 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 population of workers, the working class people, they they don't they don't get the same information as the guy who runs the hedge fund. He thinks about money completely differently. He and they're both technically, from the outside looking in, they're both frivolous with the money. You know what I'm saying? Because people are just trying to you know regular people who work for their money or just trying to live life and enjoy some of it, you know? So they buy shit that's not really a smart, it's not really an investment at all. It's just something that's going to make you happy for a couple months and blah, blah, blah. Versus this guy, you like, so wait, you took your money out of one account and put it into another account and you're supposed to get this back. It seems like gambling, but yeah, he ain't gambling the same way you gambling. Not the way you throwing dice in Vegas. That's not that kind of gambling. It's totally different. You know? it's, 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 it's special. It's special, and I fucking love it. I'm glad that I'm that I see it the way I see it, and that I seem to get it a little bit. I've been, you know, fairly fortunate with it so far, but I understand that losing is a part of it. I totally get that. You're gonna lose some money on the path to making big money. You're gonna lose some, and you're gonna lose amounts that would probably, if you you know, if if you hadn't been successful up until that point. You get to lose amounts that you would think, you know, from a past version of yourself, you, that shit would have broke you. you. Losing five grand or ten grand or something like that sounds like yes. heartbreaking. You know what I'm saying? But if you, if there's people out here who make forty grand a week, and that's probably low end to keep it all the way real, forty grand a week day trading or something like that, or if, that's probably that's probably fairly low end. That's not a whole lot of money in this game. There's people who make hundreds of millions of dollars, whether it's fucking trading foreign exchange shit or crypto or whatever it is. They make fucking huge amounts of money, bro. Huge amounts of money. I mean, I know you know, but it's fucking crazy that they're looking at these things, reading graphs and being like, hmm, this looks like a good idea. I'll buy it here. I'll wait fucking 42 days and I'll sell it right here. That just made me 250 grand. Nice. Like, wait, what? What did you do though? Like, no, I was just reading a bunch of charts and I picked this one. Like, fuck. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? There's people that work their whole life and destroy their body and don't never see that kind of money. 
people no. fucked up, breathing in fucking chemicals, wrecking their knees and backs and shit, and don't never see that kind of money. This motherfucker clicked on his computer for a few days a week and made fucking a lot, some people's half their lifetime salary. And that's why I can't get behind anything where it's like, let's just burn it all down. Nah. No, let's channel it for a better purpose. And if there's work to be done, it's changing the mind state of our peers and getting people to think differently about their future, about their money, and, and stressing that economic education of how you, you're going to be able to have a, a more comfortable life. And if you choose not to do it, you know, I can't, I can't force you to look at things differently. I can't force some people. They're just straight up. They don't care. They're just like, look, it's, I, I don't, I can't be bothered with that. It don't matter to me. I'm living for today. That's all I'm seeing. And nobody can tell me anything. It's like, cool. You definitely have that choice, but I'm not going to be bogged down with like regret or guilt that there's people like that in the world. Yeah. And I think that's where we conflate um, people that are really down and out with people that just don't give a fuck, right? So when you talk about, you know, I, I want as many of the people that want to improve their situation to, to be provided with the skill set that they need. You know what I'm saying? So, and I love the, your approach to shit because it's the best of both worlds. Because, yes, the gardening shit it's some doomsday prepper, worst case scenario. If we got to start over for Mad Max, well, you're already going to be a millionaire because you're going to have the best way to produce food. So if, if there is a, a huge reset, I think you'll just be fine. You'll be just fine. But it's not like you're, you're sure that that's what's happening because you got money in the market. <laughs> right. So it's like, right. it's like, I'm not telling you this on some doomsday prepping because I'm also giving you lunatic stock tips. Right. So, um, it it is it is something about change because because and everything surreal was saying there, there's absolutely truth to that of people are priced out of nutritional food well the best way we can get around that okay we can't it, 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 it we can't find a way by trading our time for money to get enough money that we can afford this overpriced food well we absolutely can trade our time for connection with the earth and the abundance that it'll give us. So right. that that's the workaround. Okay, I can't afford Whole Foods. Let's have a community garden. And there's, there's places like that that are popping up. Like that consciousness is out there. And there needs to be more of that. People can produce their own food. And you can produce healthy food. And it doesn't have to cost you anything but your time. And let's be real. We waste a lot of our fucking time. We don't invest as much time reading and getting the secrets to how all this shit works as maybe as we should we waste a lot of time on these stupid fucking cell phones we waste a lot of time talking about bullshit i refuse to believe you know we're not like in the 1800s where eight-year-olds are working in factories for 14 hours a day you know you may have an eight or ten hour shift you got a weekend you got time to put three or four hours into producing your own food supply and learning how it works and getting acclimated with it and God forbid everything goes to shit. Well, that's going to be a great skill set to have in the Mad Max future, if mm. that's where it goes. But if it doesn't go to a Mad Max future, well, you know how to feed yourself and you're feeding yourself for low cost and all that money you would have been spending at Whole Foods, you're handing it over to the market so the market can take your bitch and go bring you back more bitches. 
like Kanye said. (laughs) It's smart. It's just a smart way to be because, uh, and then the consciousness you get with growing your own food and the whole spiritual aspect of it, that's a whole nother side because I feel like if people, uh, if, if there were community gardens and people were really working to grow more food, I feel like there'd be less conflict socially in those neighborhoods. I feel like people would get to know each other different. They get to know themselves differently. I think it would facilitate a lot of growth that people may not even factor in on the front end. You know, because I mean, that's what happened with me. And I feel like it wasn't uh, something special to my experience. I feel like this is something humans who are disconnected from this whole work and from this energy, when you get out there and you get your hands in the dirt and you start learning shit, I feel like it just changes you. It pulls you back to something primal. Like one of the things uh, I think most people realize does this is like fire pits and, and, uh, you know, bonfires and shit like that. If you've ever been around a fire pit bonfire, you can just stare at that shit for a long time. Even if you're not high and you ain't tripping, a bunch of people sitting around the fire, it just gets to a place where you feel connected to something that's intrinsic to a human experience. It's like, I feel like a whole lot of humans have done this a whole lot of times for a very long time. And you feel connected to that wave. And the same thing with gardening. You start to try to find, especially with the the experience of you putting this in, you have some type of expectation of what's going to come back. So you don't just, at first, you don't just throw the seeds out there and forget about them, even though that's kind of where I'm moving towards in my in my gardening style. I, I want to be able to just throw seeds outside on the ground and come back and eat later. But at first, you, you're very careful. You plant the seeds and you water them and you come back and check on them and you look at them in all these different stages and try to figure out what's happening when the plant's leaves turn yellow. And that whole learning curve, it just pulls you so much into the experience i think it just gives you an opportunity to change and anybody who puts that energy in will feel the same thing so why not be more sufficient and provide nutrition to yourself and also on the other end pay into this system that they've built that allows you to multiply your bitches you know what i'm saying planting (laughs) crops and buying stocks all day that's it that's the day you put a seed in the ground, then you put a seed in the market. Right. You reap the abundance. And they both grow, bro. They both grow. I'm in it, but this is this is my new lifestyle. And I never would have thought in a million years, <laughs> never would have thought that this was going to be so, some shit. Like such disparate concepts that they wouldn't converge. But they like, what do. are you into? I'm into gardening and playing the market. <laughs> gardening and day trading. That's what yeah. I do. What? <laughs> how do how do you work that out? Like it kind of works itself out when you really think about it. it. They're really not that much different. But yeah, dude, it's it's just I think it's the best thing that humans, especially in this country, have at their fingertips because you really don't. I mean, you don't need much anymore. You can get in the game. With fifty dollars, well, a hundred dollars. Let's say a hundred bucks. You can get in the game with a hundred dollars. With 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 the right decisions, it's going to take a while to grow that account to something significant. But if you make the right decisions, how okay? Uh, a person who you think would be super efficient at stocks, like not not the uh, the beginner who's just learning, but what could a person who is an efficient, experienced day trader? How long do you think it would take them to flip a hundred dollars to ten thousand? Ooh, I think they could probably do it in a year. Especially, probably. especially yeah. if they're dealing with options. If they're right, buying right. options, you could really. But 
yeah, I don't think it's unreasonable for somebody that's really good to turn a hundred bucks into uh, ten thousand. Yeah. I mean, e- even if you think about um, if they're getting, you know, maybe a fifty percent return every week if you average it out. So week one you get one hundred and fifty, next week two twenty five. I don't know what fifty percent of two twenty five would be one hundred and twelve fifty. And that's like, leaving it yeah. with like a a, a a a traceable, like almost Fibonacci kind of scale. That's not counting volatility. Cause some of this shit could pop 400%. You know, it's like something right, can right. really go in your favor. We're just talking about measurable steps, how to do it, but something could really turn over in your favor and you'd be up a couple hundred dollars you didn't even expect to be up. So yeah, it's just it's too easy. It's too easy to get in this shit and pay attention and start making a couple moves. It's literally free money. I don't know any other situation where you can go and put $100 somewhere and then come back and it's $200. Like, I just don't know many situations where you can do that. The bank's not going to do it for you. They don't, they don't give a fuck about that shit no more. You got you to, yeah, you got to find a special institution where you're going to put 250 grand in there for you to get any significant return on it. So banks ain't trying to hear it. I mean, not legal. You could try to, you know, buy an ounce of weed and flip that shit. I mean, you got if you want, but uh, yeah, this shit is uh, the obvious choice for humans. If you think America's going to exist, you should be in the stock market. And even, and even if you're doing that, I mean, you got to drive it around. You're taking that risk. People right. are going to tell you that they want you to show up. Then they're going to complain that it ain't looking right and they can get it from their dude for cheaper. And it's it's way more of a headache than just right. putting the money in the market. Clearly. Clearly. Yeah, it don't make no... If you, if, unless you're betting on this country completely collapsing into Mad Max dystopia, you should be in the stock market. In which case, the gardening is the, the greatest backup <laughs> asset you can have. Right. There's so no... It. It's the perfect... It's the perfect marriage of practicality of and 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 hedging your bets. If Literally. all goes well, this seed money in the market will make me a millionaire. If all goes terrible, these seeds in the ground will keep me alive. Right. It's there's no in between. Bet. Yeah, there's no these are the perfect two uh the, the two this is the perfect seesaw. To keep balanced yeah. in your life, <laughs> growing food and buying stocks—that's literally it. That's the—that's the perfect pendulum to keep in 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 the nice balancing swing. That's where you want to be at, bro. Growing food, buying stock. I'm happy. I feel like I'm in the right place. Oh, one more thing I want to tell you too. There's this software where you could take like one of your little—I um, don't mean a little like disparaging—but one of your one of your your characters, right? Like yeah. one of the faces. And you attach it to this program that maps out the animation so it'll move the mouth and the eyes for you. And you basically, you know how like they have it on the iPhones where it'll camera your face. Yeah, yeah. It'll yeah. have an emoji basically animate. It's 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 basically like that software. So realistically, we could animate those characters' faces like super cheap with, with a webcam and voice acting. That's and dope. Bring, Where's bring the uh, what app is life? What's it called? I, I forget the name of it. I'll look it up. But it, it, right. it basically does the the mapping, the the face mapping of uh, your um, video footage, and you attach it to the uh, drawing or whatever, and then you just talk, 
And as you're talking, it'll animate it for you. That's dope. Yeah, we need that. We can start start animating the, the whole freaking cover of the podcast right there. Oh, or dude. Idiot, we could create a whole show with the characters and shit. Absolutely. Even with the two characters on the front, if we had webcams and we have those facial overlays or whatever, it'd basically be those characters talking throughout the podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, we need to get into that. That's the next level right there. I, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll get you the name of the software here shortly. I forgot where I saw that, but I'll, I'll look it up and I'll get it to you. But you saw the you saw the ass eating time traveler. Yes, because I, I watched like fifteen episodes of In Hot Water and I could not find it again. And I was Gosh. like searching with the words um, eight ball jacket, eating <laughs> ass on the subway. <laughs> Nothing was popping up, and I was about to give up. So when you said that you found, I was like, okay, good. Because at first I was like, he's probably not even going to believe me that this is even real. I I had to find it. I had to find it. I was like, yo, we talked about it so much and laughed about it so hard. I just, (laughs) I got so confused. Like, how does this happen in the world? Like, how does this really take place in the world? I need to see the situation. And I'm more confused after watching it. Well, my favorite I, I haven't seen it. I'm still looking for it. Uh, I haven't found it in the In Hot Water archives. But the, the my favorite part about it was the couple of I don't give a fuck about none of y'all tugs that he did after they were caught. Because that was like the most brazen I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it oh was yeah, just, completely. we're already caught. I'm getting my ass eaten. But you know what? I'm going to tug a couple more times. I don't care that y'all are here. He's <laughs> ashamed. He stopped eating my ass when y'all pulled up. But me, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to keep beating my dick right here. Listen, that guy, I feel like when I saw, when I actually saw it, I understood why you said there was some type of duress going on. <laughs> because if that, it didn't see, because I was thinking it was just some perverts that found each other on the subway. But then the way everything was configured and the way it was just like, yeah, this might be a debt being paid off this might have been a guy who just walked up in an eight ball jacket like guess what day it is motherfucker (laughs) you were waiting for the train and he was like guess what time to toss some salad and it was just nothing you could do about it but yeah it's it's the strangest shit that i've ever seen ever on the internet i've never seen anything crazier than that bro i haven't in pub in a public place where it seemed like in broad fucking daylight in the position bro Oh my, he was literally sitting on this fucking guy's head, bro. He's sitting on this guy's fucking head in a in the in the subway on a chair with some sweatpants on. Like I feel like he came there to do that. <laughs> I, that wasn't a, a situation that took him by surprise. I, this is like this is what I do in the subway. I find unsuspecting, nerdy looking guys and I make them toss my salad. That's what I do. In New York. Yeah. New York. New York dudes is different. Huh? Yo. New York dudes is different, man. He was probably from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably from Brooklyn. He had to be. He knows he had to be. And maybe the other guy was I think the uh the other guy was from Harlem. I don't <laughs> That's 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 gonna be my guess. Listen, it's an educated guess. Again, my sincerest apologies that I've I even exposed you just a little bit to this horrific thing. Uh but um, but I, I think our our um our time travel theory was the uh the best the best analysis I've heard so far. It's the yeah. most plausible. It's convinced me more that time travel is possible. 
Yeah, I I believe it. I believe it. That's uh, anything else outside of time travel breaks reality. <laughs> anything else breaks reality. Any any other configuration of these two guys doing what they're doing, it destroys something that Einstein thought held reality together. <laughs> something. It, it, it just flies in the face of these, these theories. But time travel, that he came back and he found his younger self, and, and yeah, that, that I can accept. <laughs> I can accept that. I don't accept anything else. <laughs> not that this guy, they liked each other. Like, no, no, it didn't. That's not what I saw. That's not what I saw. I feel bad for him. But at least he has a nice eight ball jacket. He does. If nothing he else, does. he has a pristine eight ball jacket. Pristine. For whatever that's worth. <laughs> whatever that's worth in the real world. You know, fuck it. Be who you are. Love yourself. And if you feel like you need to get your salad tossed in the subway, hey, who am I to judge? Who am I? I'm not a dinosaur bigot racist, so nope, I have no judgment. Here. I have nothing to say about it. None of that here. And we'll, um, we can always solicit Eugene for an official rating. And we'll have to come up with like some sort of scale, like an offensiveometer, <laughs> like offensiveometer. Like, right. Like if it's, if it's, you know, anything like it'll be represented, but I don't know, like, hipster woke to dinosaur bigot racist like there'll be little icons it'll be like a one to ten scale but more colorful okay. and we'll be able to have disclaimers for the episodes like this was evaluated at a you know blah 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 on the offensive richter scale like we got this episode is seven out of ten problematicas yeah problematicas is good <laughs> that's a good <laughs> Those are the units of measurement. unit yeah yeah yep. the units of measurement of problematicas from now on <laughs> how many problematicas do you rate this episode <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah he wants to i'm gonna try to i might get him on next weekend and uh i'm gonna have to yeah yeah we'll get him on next weekend i think that's gonna work and like i said you know i got my first question already so we'll see we'll see where the conversation goes from there yeah, it, it'll be good, and I, I'm actually working on getting some people on here too. So I'll uh, I'll let I'll let you know so I can get, so I can uh, conference in some guests, so Yo, I can start man. contributing something more than just lunatic stock stock tips. Hey, listen, that's where all the money comes from. Keep them coming. <laughs> Any, you know, we still no, still a no go with uh, the cold sun girl. Not, nothing working out in that area. We haven't we no. we haven't softened her up yet. <laughs> nothing, nothing. I'm 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 going to. The, the the thing is is that I I um it's a situation where my connection to her doesn't want her to know any of his friends at all. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's Makes it's sense. a situation like that, but which I'm trying to convince him of is that I, I've never seen her. She doesn't even have to know that we're friends. Yeah. She doesn't have to even know. I don't even know how to set something up. up. Just get me her number. I don't know how to make it seem organic that I'm reaching out to her about her cold sun theory with, and and we want her to be on the show. Um, I haven't figured out a way to circumvent him and make it organic. So, but I'll figure it out, man. It's all I'll good. It yeah, out. man. Right, in due well, time. Looking forward to it, man. I'm going to uh, hop off and go grab some grub. You uh, enjoy the rest of your night. And, oh, I'm going to um, this Tuesday. I'm going to the plant nursery. Oh, I see. So I'm taking a trip to the plant nursery. If I see something dope, I'll grab something for you. You know what I mean? To contribute to your uh, to your garden project and shit. Oh, that's that's lovely, man. Yeah, let me know 
let me know ahead of time and I'll um I could send you the dough or whatever. But yeah, I definitely need some stuff to get me going, man. Yeah, I got a few things here too, so I'm I'm gonna hook up a nice little a nice little permaculture package for you. Lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. That's All right, awesome, brother. Man. Good talking to you, man. Always a pleasure, man. Enjoy your evening until the next one, man. All right, bro. Bless. Peace.